and we're live. More importantly, Yay. we're all here. Yay! Yay! I'm home for a week, and then I'm gone again. How was I your mean... time off? Um, it wasn't really time off, as <laughs> I was editing videos the whole time and recording videos. How was Man, your, your two? So hard. And, and we guessed it at a con. How was your two weeks of work then, <laughs> the, for the year? <laughs> it sure was work. Cool. Do anything cool besides like the con? Not, not overly really. We just kind of had a nice laid back uh, week for recording, and then we did the con. Okay, it was a good time. What okay. was the con like? This is MomoCon. Yeah, this was MomoCon in Atlanta. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. They moved to a bigger venue. It was actually attached to the CNN building, so we got to walk okay. around like the base of the CNN network. And if we had the time, we could have taken a guided tour. Uh, the con itself was like pretty spread out. It was all right, nice, and varied. wasn't just anime, which I expected it to be. It was like gaming stuff, some comic stuff around every now and then. They had a laser tag arena set up. Did you play? Uh, no, sadly, I didn't have the time. Oh, okay. And when I did have the time, I was too exhausted. So, what were you doing during the con that was keeping you busy? Like just running around nonstop. We had uh, we had a panel on the second day. But they, their uh, projectors couldn't support any of our gear. So we had to redo the panel at a later date. And by a later oh. date, I mean like five hours later. This problem okay. sounds real familiar to PAX. Sort of, except I think at PAX it was our fault. Oh. And at this one, it definitely wasn't. Okay. Did you like, tell actually, them ahead of time, we need this stuff? I mean, we've run the, we've run the panel there before. so. Oh, okay. So we ended up just doing like a Q&A there instead on while we were on like this main theater stage. It, it was live stream too, which was the worst part. So we're like, oh, great. The live stream one is the one that fails. Great. Whose channel was it on? Uh, Momocons. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. So wait, did yeah. you do two panels then? Yeah, we ended up okay. doing two panels. So like originally we were scheduled for like 5 p.m. And then we ended up doing it again at 11. At and night. then they, they gave, yeah, 11 at night. Whoa! They gave us another half hour because of the goof up that other, and there was nothing else on schedule. So we went till about twelve thirty. We weren't staying in town because we were staying with a local friend who, it's like a half hour out of town. So we got back home about two a.m. and then we realized we had to be back and uh, in the vendors hall at eleven a.m. for another like signing session. Wow, you're busy. Yeah, so so we had like no time on that, and then Saturday like we were just all exhausted because we never got any sleep. And then I personally skipped the final day. It was a four-day con. That's so like, rough. I don't think I've done a four-day con before. Eh, they're all right. I don't think so. I mean, like, Comic Expo here is four days. It's been four days for a while. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever done four days here either, and I live here. I've done two. <laughs> I'm not sh I feel like I've done three at least for comic expo but i do remember running out of things to do by the end of the last day you kind of run out of things to do by the end of the first day <laughs> honestly uh, depend yeah unless there's like panels that interest you or something like that yeah like the first the first thing reese and i did we went straight to like the vendors hall and just like walk through pick yeah. up stuff that's pretty much what the that expo is i don't know like here in Calgary, I was saying MomoCon, but even at Comic Expo, we did that same thing. Yeah, I was gonna say here in Calgary, there's no panelists that I usually care about. It's pretty rare. PAX is a different story. There are a ton of panelists I want to go see there, but here not so much. Yeah. All in all, a good trip though. 
Yeah, not an all right time. <laughs> just happy to be home, even though I leave again on the 15th. So. How was the actual flying part? What got lost this time? Uh, believe it or not, I think nothing was lost this time. That means it's happening next time. I'm so sorry in advance. L- luggage got searched at least once, if not twice. Got the tech, the uh, <coughs> controller suitcase back soaking wet. So if something doesn't work, I'll also not be surprised. Nice. Why was yeah. it wet? Like rain or something? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, other than that, yeah. Like the worst I thing I had to deal with was a really long line at customs coming back home. Makes sense. And having way too many like things to carry on the plane with me. Okay. I have to ask because I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably are, and I saw this image from other people. What the hell was with all the mm-hmm. 3DSs? Okay, so we uh, we had a bunch of 3DSs there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one, uh, Tim had one, and then there were two other people there who had about five between them each. So there, there was like 13 in the shot, I think. 12 or 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, some of them were like capture units. Some of them were like previous models that the person was using before they upgraded. Some were actually other family members that they, someone brought along, stuff like that. So it was just a pile of 3DSs for street passing, basically. Oh, okay. Cool. Street mm. pass games happening a lot then? Yeah. Um, knocked out the zombie one completely, and I'm near the end of the fishing one. I've like got the, the story done. I'm just working on getting the last couple of tickets. Cool. Well, that's a good thing to talk about here on the Top Down Perspective, where we talk about video oh. games. Whoa. Whoa. I don't think we officially did yeah. that yet, so it is June the 4th coming at you live right now. June am... the 4th be with you. And also that, with you. That goes. you Thank you. It. Thanks. You're going to E3. That's Cheers. your next one, right? Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm Paul. Three with me is Sean and John. We should do that too. You. <laughs> you should do all that. Let's, that there, let's get it all out of the way. Going to E3 and then staying for a week with my buddy Gerard. Nice. Okay, so I guess when you so get what? back from that, we'll do our E3 episode. Yeah, I'll actually be home for what, like what another week, two what weeks weekend before is, I go again. What weekend is that? Is it on the 13th and 14th? Is it that one? Uh, it, E3 is 16, 17, and 18. Okay, so it's during the week. Okay. Yeah, E3 is always in the middle of the week. And then when, when are you coming back? The 25th. Okay, so a week right after that. Okay, so I'm back on the... On the nineteenth, so maybe like Paul and I can do something on that weekend, and then three episode after that. Yay! Yeah, sweet. We'll figure it out. Yes, um, we always do. Yeah, um, but I'm always excited for E3. It's a fun news-filled time, that's for sure. Yeah, looking at all the things that are coming out and wondering how are they going to screw this up this time, basically. And I get to stand in line for hours. All yes. Right. You should just stay in your hotel and watch the conferences from there. Much more convenient. I, you know, I actually do that with Nintendo's, and since you need to get like be given passes for the other ones, like that's what I have to do. Oh, okay. You can't get passes the cru- for the other ones. No, they give them out beforehand. To, oh. To yeah. Okay. So, and because like E three took forever to get back to me about whether or not I was getting a pass, I'm pretty sure all the passes are gone at this point, and it's, they're invite only. So. Hmm. I know that one of my friends got invited back to Nintendo's back when they were actually still running them. He even got an invite to Sony's, but 
I've got nothing. I got to invite <laughs> the EAs and Ubisofts last year, and I said no to both. Hey, man, you should have gone to the Ubisoft one because their PR are kind of weird. <laughs> you got to get on that <laughs> yeah, list. Usually. Yeah, you got to get on that list of people they trust. Are you going to go to PAX Australia? Can't afford it. It's way too expensive. I would like love to. Bucks a flight. Oh, okay. God, I would love to go to that one. I don't I know why. There's still tickets for that available. Of course there is. <laughs> if it wasn't so expensive, I'd be all... They still have three-day passes, in fact. So, Ooh. Like, whoa, you, could, you should get on that. Three-day passes are probably more expensive than a flight. To like, like pack prime, like full weekend passes. Hmm. You might be right on that. Yeah. Yeah. You might be. I think, like for me at least, buying four days of passes would easily be more than like my commute up there. Because it's like a twelve. It's yeah. I guess it's oh no. I guess it's the same distance, right? Twelve hours for you guys. Twelve hours for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh. So with that, why don't we just jump in and say, John, what have you been playing these two weeks, I guess? All right. Um, I've been playing the brand new uh, Puzzles and Dragons. I've been playing the Mario edition. Okay, so my prediction is this is like, the this is it. You're, you're done with games. This is your game. You're never coming out of this. I've actually been playing more Shuffle than I have been of this. This I, is ridiculous. Are you kidding me? I... Kind of got bored of it partway through. Of the Fish- of the better one. The yeah. Mario one. Finished up whatever I had left in Shuffle. Now I have nothing to do in Shuffle for like another couple weeks. So I'm like going back. The Mario to one now and then. is better than Shuffle. How- I don't understand this. I like The problem is I'm at a grinding point in Puzzles and Dragons, which is just boring. That's all you're doing in Shuffle. It, at least with shuffle, it's predetermined puzzles, so it's more like, all right, let's figure this out. Uh, well, okay, I guess I'm not at the grinding point in the Mario one, but it, like, are uh, where you, are you? In, where are you in Mario I have, puzzles? That's the thing is, I've been forcing myself not to play it because I want it for my trip. So I just finished the first world in the Mario one. I haven't touched Z. I'm gonna just tell you. Uh, apparent everyone tells me that the Z version's much, much better. The okay. Mario one is like terribly balanced and you will realize that once you get to the end of world two maybe world three okay um i found unintentionally a way to like power level a bit so i did some of that but uh, still my how team do, how do you getting power cracked. level there's a certain enemy you can collect that if you like sacrifice them to your teammates they like shoot up in levels okay what's the enemy tell me your ways uh, it's the coin coffer, like the little, you know, in the in the 3D Mario games, a little enemy who's like invisible, but you jump on him and he spits out coins. No, he looks like just a giant purse with lips and googly eyes. I'm going to I'm going to trust you. All right. They they say their name when they show up. Anyways, you'll know. OK. Well, but I'm yeah. enjoying it like quite a bit. I'm, oh, it's I'm fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I was I was playing it before we did this. Right. But um, I don't know. I was just at was at a crummy point for a while. Like it really feels unbalanced at times. Like I had uh, one boss just his normal attacks were doing like 1.5 times my maximum health. And my team was mainly around like level 30, which is okay. well, decently high. That, so. And you're talking about the Mario one or the or Z? 
Mario one. I haven't touched Z yet. I wasn't going to touch Z until I finished the Mario one. Okay. So you were saying like, you just heard that Z is a much better. Yeah. No one in our group, because like five of us picked it up when it, all, when it came out. I know Reese got it. Masay got it. Tim got it. And Chugga got it. So we all ended up playing it. And Tim, I think, actually beat the Mario one before we went home. He was at World 8 on like the last day of the con. I remember that. Uh, I'm at World 4. I think everyone else is around. There's like a whole second world. game to it, though. Like mm-hmm. a, there's like another, like eight worlds. Wait, what? In the Mario there's 16, one, there's sixteen worlds in the Mario one. I believe, yeah, because there was that micro direct, and they even said, "Hey, now that this game's out, we can talk about it." There's like a whole other half. Oh shit! I didn't even well, know that. Which, like most Mario games, there's like a whole other huge section nowadays. So. Um, at least that's what I, I think I interpreted that from the video. It's been a few days. I, maybe it was one extra world or it might've been eight. Extra I thought they, worlds. I thought they said they added an extra world or two as DLC or they were going to as like, no, not DLC. even this isn't deal. Well, I don't think it's DLC. I'm pretty sure it's in the game. Um, but I, I could be mistaken. Um, either way though, don't you just kind of like the fact that there's no timer or like amount you can play because that's the thing with shuffle right like with, with oh yeah no like play hooks compared to yeah but shuffle also made like a change that makes it easy to hold on to hearts now and i was at a con where i was getting free hearts all the time so like i've got 30 hearts and shuffle that i don't even have to use. i'm just sitting on at this point okay and our hearts hearts are what you play with it's been a while since i've played yeah shuffle. so okay. they changed it so that originally like when you got like street pass hearts you had to use them and then your five free ones would kick in now it's the other way around. You always use your five free ones first, and then the timer kicks back in to give you more. Okay. So now, like, it's just like, all right, I guess I'll just stockpile hearts for when they add new content. I didn't really know Shovel had Street Pass stuff, but I what is? I know there's Street Pass in the Mario one. Mm-hmm. What what does that do? It's kind of shitty. Um, you basically just get a profile card, and you can also use whoever they have listed as their helper as your helper right. in the game. Okay. Yes, that sucks. That's yeah. not cool. It's kind of a waste of a street pass slot, to be honest. Yeah. I don't I know how it is for Z. I assume it to be the same. It would it be nice if it was it. kind of like um, Brave the Default, where you could uh, use them as like an attack, like a strong attack. Yeah, I know. That's That would have been I, cool. I still have my Brave the Default street pass on, because people still keep coming up to me saying, thank you for like having this powerful move as your street pass. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> right. Um Okay, well, I'm yeah. I honestly thought this was going to be like your game since you love Shuffle so much, and I was enjoying the little I had played of, uh, of Mario. Um, I, I like it. I mean, the other problem is I've been playing another puzzle game that came out that has kind of caught my interest a bit more. Okay, and that's Stretch Mo. This was downloaded onto my system without uh, my permission. Nice. Yeah, Nintendo's <laughs> been doing that a lot lately. It's a little worrisome. I didn't know it was a uh, free to play game. They also charged my credit card without me ever giving them my number. <laughs> what was that for? I, I think he was joking. I was oh, joking. Okay. Yeah, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I would be actually pissed if that yeah, happened. I was thinking like, wait, yeah, what what happened? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Stretch Mode showed up. Um, yeah. Stretch Mode is weird. Because How they... is it different? Because in Pushmo, you are stretching. You're basically pulling it out. So it, it's it's a little weird because yeah, it. like Pushmo was like you pulled in and out the pieces, and like but just like back and forth, right? You couldn't pull yeah. them left or right, right? Uh, 
It's been a while since I played Pushmo. You yes, you could not move them left and right. That's correct. Okay. That's that's one of the things they changed in this one because there's Pushmo, Crashmo, where they have the gravity. And I have Crashmo. I haven't played it, and I've played Pushmo World, spot. which is just more Pushmo. Yeah, I'm in the same situation, but I don't know why. But Stretchmo, I caught my interest again, and I've been playing it a bunch. So what's the what's the unique mechanic? Um, you can pull out the pieces basically in in two spaces or yeah, two squares in any direction. Well, except hmm. for up or down. Okay. But so yeah, before you like, could pull them out two forwards and back. So yeah. it's just left to right is what they're adding. Yeah. Okay. And um, God, is there a limit to? Oh yeah, no, there's a limit to pulling front and back. I forgot. But like, you also have to like wrap around the whole puzzle now. So use like the back of the puzzle to solve to get around and stuff like that. Okay, that's kind of interesting. It, it's a lot more in depth. So you than can actually the... like rotate the camera around the structure. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's cool. I don't. Know, I there's for some reason like I know it's basically just pushmo, just but a little bit more added. But it seems fresh to me for some reason. I'm really enjoying it. Cool. I just didn't enjoy the way they made the game. So it's Are you talking like free to play? It's not free to play. Here's the thing. You download the game, it gives you seven stages. Okay. And that's it. Like as in seven puzzles. Okay. And then after that, it's like, yeah, if you want to play anymore, you have to buy like a season or like a pass for like this area. Okay. So it's basically it's, a demo. Yeah, it's basically a demo. demo. Okay. Um to get all four passes, which unlocks what was it two hundred and fifty? Let me guess. You have like to that? haggle with a dog. God, I wish, but no. There was no haggling, sadly. God, <laughs> you just really I want more things to be like Rusty, don't you? Well, it's basically the same thing, right? Rusty, they gave you like a free game, and then you had to buy more of them. But I just really liked... Because Rusty, you could almost argue, was free to play as well in this mm. same way, you know, purchase a bit more. Um, but at least they had that just weird concept and a dog you had to haggle with. Um, so what, yeah. what? what's the... How much do you have to pay? How many levels do you get? Uh, I think you get about 250 levels and you oh. get access to the content creator. Oh, is it and... just one purchase gets you the rest? Oh, yeah. No, you can either like buy them in pieces. Yeah, or... that's what I'm wondering. What are the, yeah. what are the pieces? Uh, one is just standard Pushmo puzzles. One is Nintendo themed. Like all the puzzles are Nintendo sprites. And you so, mean like, like Stretchmo like... puzzles, right? Like Yeah, sorry. Stretchmo okay. puzzles. All right. Um, how, many, how many levels are you getting per pack? The first one gives you 100. I think every other one gives you 50. Wow, these are huge numbers. Okay. Yeah. How much do these cost, these pieces? I don't, rem- I don't remember what they were per. They tell you when you get it. Uh, obviously, the 100 one costs a little bit more than the, th- than the uh, 50 ones. But together, it came out to $10.99. And that's for, like, all everything? Yeah. I think oh, they okay. said, I think they said uh, 15 bucks without the discount for getting them all at once. That sounds about right. Okay, fifteen for everything. It's, it's what was the eleven dollar thing? The eleven dollars was like the discounted rate if you get all four at once. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's, so it's, it's probably it's, like yeah. ten in America. Probably, probably ten and fifteen. Well, with, I don't know. With, well, actually, yeah, with the discounted rate, it might be like eight down here. Yeah, but I don't know. I I really I've been really enjoying it. If you like Pushmo and Crashmo, you probably are going to really like it. Um, I'm like. 80 puzzles into the first set like i've got a long ways to go but i'm still really enjoying it right okay and i haven't gotten to that point i remember getting with pushmo where i'm just like extremely frustrated and can't figure out what to do okay. so i remember that being a big thing with pushmo was like how ridiculously hard that game got i never went far enough into pushmo to get frustrated it was i just kind of got uninterested 
And you've been playing one more game. Not a puzzle yep. game. Not a puzzle game, surprisingly. I've been playing Splatoon. Nice. Cool. It's pretty good, actually. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. My review went up this week. Um, I, I, my general feelings was it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's unique in the in the shooter genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I there just needs to be more of it. Yeah. Which I'm... so here so here's the thing. Um, the code I was given was a like a pre-release uh, version. It was the full game. Mm-hmm. But it expired when the game officially came out because I had it for a couple weeks before it came out. Um, so from what I understand now, they've added a few levels and stuff like the day it came out and a couple days after. Uh, yeah, they've added at least one, if not two more, I think. I, I remember think even even in that micro direct, they announced a, a new one was available like right now. Yeah, um, but I couldn't I can't play any of that. Um, so it's just kind of a bummer. And obviously, I. They had mentioned more is going to be coming, but it's like, well, I can't really put that as part of the review. Like, I can mention it if I want, but I can't really, you know, this is the product I have. And mm. I can't even try it. Like, I can play, I think I can play single player right now, but I can't go online with the with the copy I have. Um, so it's a bummer because, like, my, my one issue is I need more of it. And then when more came out, my copy was rendered, like, useless. Yeah, that's kind of weak. I don't know, like, like I said, I think there was only one more added. Final Deluxe is saying, yeah, they added one new one and they added a new gun, which was the, right, the, the zapper. NES Zapper. Um, I think the main bummer right now is that there are so few maps. That was that was the thing. And also, you can only play two a day. No, it's every, I think it's every four hours it changes or something like that. Is it every, okay, maybe because I was only every, playing yeah. it in like, like once a day sessions, but still, that's weird. That's a weird thing to do. There, there are some weird choices in this game. I'm not going to lie. Like, what it felt like to me, and I mentioned this in my review, is like, it because they're only letting you do like two maps at a time, they know they don't have very many maps. So let's like put this weird, like, like they're funneling it for some reason to try and stretch it out. That's what it feels like. I, I It feels like they may have put this out a little bit earlier than they intended because they needed a game. I, Nintendo has a habit of doing that a lot. Hell, there's Smash Brothers content that's still not out that they promised from like launch, like tournament mode and stuff like that. That's still not out. Lobbies for uh, making matches with your friends. Okay, that's not out. But um, I mean, if they keep adding DLC to this on a fairly regular basis, it will be like one of the hot hotter recommendations for the Wii U. Like, I really like the style of the game. It reminds me a lot of like Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future. The yeah. music's pretty catchy, although it, there's not enough tracks as far as I can tell so far. Um, I think there's only five maps so far. I only remember seeing five, and I, I still haven't played on one of them, believe it or not. I've played a bunch. I'm like rank eight right now, and I still haven't played on one of them. Yeah, I've never played on them all. I remember some of them were like only showing up in ranked, and I was like, well, great. Thanks. I guess I'm stuck with these four. <laughs> I'm stuck with these two for right now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, what, one of the weirder things is... Um, you can't just play games with your friends. Yeah, you can. Jo- that's that's the other thing that that was my other issue was um you can join friends online, but you can't like set up a lobby. So you just have to hope your friend is playing a game with open spaces in their lobby. Well, usually, like I've had no problem joining a friend's lobby. Like I had one point where I had to wait a second game to join it. Okay. But otherwise, it was just wait for one game to wind down and then I was in. My issue is that you can't be on your friend's team. You can't guarantee that. It, it, it shuffles it every time. Yeah. 
I also don't like that you can't change your loadout between like also, respawns also or kind between of maps. You have to exit online. So that's kind of weird. It's a very like Nintendo shooter. Yeah. Um, both good and bad. So, but yeah, the look of it's uh, fun. Uh, the, I felt the story mode f- was so loosely a story that it was more just kind of like challenge maps. Yeah, and that's but, that's what the amiibos are too. But I loved uh, like every boss fight. Yeah, I'm only I only just finished the first boss fight in story mode. I'm really liking it. Uh, did you have any access to the amiibos? Did they give you any cards or anything like that? No, none of the amiibos. What do you mean by cards? Like, because sometimes they're giving out like QR cards instead of the amiibos now. Oh, to, no, to I wasn't, viewers. wasn't given anything like that. Okay. So, I mean, first off, the, the amiibos are actually pretty good build for these. Isn't, from what I understand, though, um, the amiibo just lets you do the story missions with the paint roller. Uh, that's one of them. So each each amiibo does a different thing. Each one is basically challenge mode, but slightly different. Um, you go through certain stages of, of uh, single player again. I think it's 15 stages and five boss fights you have to do. Uh, which, depending on which amiibo you're using... That is the uh, challenge you're going to have. So if you use the girl, uh, what the fuck are they called? Inkling? Inkling? Yeah. Inkling? If, if you use the girl Inkling, you have to use the sniper rifle on all the missions. Okay. Huh. Yeah. If you use the boy amiibo, you get to use the roller on all the, emis- on the missions. And that if sounds you use- awful because there's a lot of like airborne enemies. Yeah. It's not bad so far. Okay. And if you use the squid, at least so far, um, it's been time trial but you get the Kraken super. So basically, it's a race to the stage as fast as you can. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it changes depending on the rows, but that's what it's been so far, and I've been really enjoying that. Okay. And every four missions you do, so three normal missions and a boss fight, you get a new piece of gear. That's actually been pretty good. Like, I've got a Predator helmet basically right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't get that stuff. I just I just played through the story mode as is, but... um. I, and this was kind of a weird thing that I, I really liked about the story mode. Um, so uh, you only played the first world, you said? Yeah. So there's five worlds, I believe. That's what um, it looks like on the map. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. There's nothing else after that map. It's it's like a three hour story mode. I, I heard it was like Call of Duty length. Um, just and the structures that you're going around, because the first world, it's basically just walk across this bridge. Here's the new level. Walk across this bridge. Here's the new level. But they end up turning into these like jungle gyms where you have to search for the hidden entrances. And I just had a lot of fun just like scaling these skyscrapers, looking around the map, being like, where could that next one be? And that alone was just super fun, which was odd. Just enjoying like the overworld element. And I mentioned yeah. that before on the podcast, but explore exploring in the game seems really fun. I like looking around for the secrets too, and they unlock different weapons for you to use too. Which yeah, because cool. just being able to like climb up walls and stuff. Like I wish they had just really pushed that a lot further. But that story mode just ends so soon. But um, but again, I liked I enjoyed every one of the boss fights, and the final boss is a lot of fun and and pretty cool. I'll say that for sure. I've been hearing that a lot. The chat's been saying that a lot too. So yeah. Hmm. So, so you have all the all the new amiibos, uh, at least the uh, Splatoon ones. You have the three. Uh, I have the Splatoon ones. I have most of Wave Four. I'm missing Greninja, Robin, and Lucina. Supposedly, uh, one of my friends has one for me of Greninja, and supposedly I have two in the mail coming of that I'm missing. So, so you're yeah. you're still at a hundred percent. You have everything. Supposedly. 
Amazing. Okay. Also, also, I've got this sweet chocobo now. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good! It's so good. It's a theater. They, there's theater them ones of like, just like these little is, figures. They're really cool. But that's not an amiibo. No, it's just no. a little figure. I just really like it. Um. By any chance, did you steal an amiibo truck last week? <laughs> that good question. Answer the question, John. <laughs> I was in the states. That was in Europe. Oh, that's right. Well, hey, I don't know where you were. I yeah. Know, I didn't see you last week. Yeah. Do you have any witnesses? Yes. Oh, that sucks. I was kind of hoping you stole a truck full of Amiibo. God, I'm not that desperate. We just start the Skype call and you're just sitting on this map. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So that's all you played? Anything else about Splatoon? Um, I really enjoy it. I I am worried that I am going to get fatigued of the game before like any the good content comes out more maps than that it really needs more maps. Uh, someone said that the friends only lobby and stuff like that coming in August. Yeah, I saw that too. That's lo- that is far away. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, here's hoping that it works. Yeah. Um, I don't. I really like it, but man, it is sometimes frustrating. To uh, play against some people and then be put in win with a team that like really sucks, but then suddenly like they switch around the players, but suddenly you still suck. I had, still haven't found a weapon I really like in the game. That's the other problem I'm having because like right now I keep the game keeps matching me up with like level twenty, so they've got all the gear, and I'm like, I have this Splattershot Junior. I don't remember which one I used, but it wasn't the the default gun. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I've Do you been play seeing... as a guy or a girl? Guy. I played as the girl. I think she looks so much cooler. I I do too, but I was like, you know what? I can change it on the fly. Who cares? Sure. Mm-hmm. And then for at first, I thought like like the gear would be per gender, like there's like guy clothing and girl clothing, but no, it's all unisex. Yeah. Even like even like the sense. samurai armor and stuff. Right. That makes sense. Yep. Cool, Sean. What about you? What have you been playing? Uh, so we already mentioned uh, Mario Puzzle and Dragons. Again, I haven't played much because I've been like just holding it off for tomorrow. My trip starts tomorrow, and I will start playing some Puzzle and Dragons. Cool. Um, I've been playing uh, a bit of uh, Axiom Verge. Yeah, you have. Nice. I'm going to say it right now. I liked Ori more. Yes, I agree with you. Drop a bomb Fuck on. You I do agree with you. It and just pl- it was more satisfying. Here's, here's the reason. Axiom Verge, and like I know it's trying to do this. Yeah, but Ori just felt warm and inviting, and Axiom Verge feels cold and dark, and it's like that's why I like it because it's I, like really because it's like John, no, and I know you're literally playing <laughs> in a cave. I God totally damn. get it. But yeah, it's like I I prefer playing in nice, colorful forests that there, are sometimes on fire. There are other parts to Axiom Verge where it opens up a little bit to like outside stuff, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's still very much a lot in a cave. And, and laboratory. And, and I, I think it, I, I like I like the whole alien aspect of it really, which is why I like it more than Ori. Plus, I got burnt even like the stuff. aesthetic. <laughs> like, I just like Ori looks so nice, and I've seen Axiom Verge's aesthetic, like the you know the eight bit sixteen bit look. It like, does it well, though. It yeah, does it well. It looks fine, and I know it's trying to be like exactly that, but I just really liked the way Ori looked. Um, mm-hmm. With that said, though. I'm having fun with Axiom Verge. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the respawn animation is too long because every time I die, it is I'm so <laughs> annoyed at that, and I need to watch that stupid egg unscrew before I can start running. Again. How many times are you dying? You, I you die quickly, or at least I die quickly. Like it's not how, often. Uh, okay, happens, how far are you? Nowhere. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not I'm how not many? How just... many weapons do you have? Um, like on the right analog stick. Yes. Three. Okay. Oh, you're super early. Yeah. Yeah, pretty early. Or you're not looking around very much. I think maybe maybe that. I think um, one of the problems I have with that game is that it felt like there were maybe too many weapons. <laughs> Dude, there are so many weapons, but I found myself favoring like three. That's that's what the problem is. There's and, like two or three that are really good, and the rest of them just felt like maybe filler. Here's the funny thing: like there was one weapon I had for a while and I never used, and then when I got to the final boss, I'm like, "There's got to be a better weapon." And I tried like this specific one, and it just destroyed the boss. Which one? I'm like, flamethrower. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> flamethrower is really fucking good. What was your go-to weapon, John? Um, the shotgun, which was like that green plasma wave. Of course, oh, that's that the right answer. I'm using that it, one quite a bit. Yeah. It was that one until I got. Oh god, what is the weapon that shoots just like streamline of lasers, like kind of like veins, like. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Green? Yeah, the green one. That was pretty good. I needed that for a specific boss. Yeah. When I went and beat the game on speedrun mode, I actually did that. Yeah. That's like your fifth or sixth weapon, I think. Uh, I think it was like my tenth, actually. I wouldn't say like a ton. You had to use use the robot to get it, if I remember correctly. Mm. This all sounds great. Like, there's clearly a lot I haven't seen. Um, Yes. Like, how many times have you died? Because, like, both playthroughs, I only died ten times each. Like my first um, playthrough, and I'm and probably close to like my tenth death. Okay. So, um, I'm trying to think. The last thing I unlocked, I think, was that like, uh, I don't know what exactly. It's like a disruptor thing. Like it, it makes, uh, it's a right bumper. Oh man, yeah, that is really early. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Was the last thing I okay. Wait, that you was, just yeah. got the drill. I didn't. No, not the drill. Oh, that's right trigger. Right bumper is the one that like. Oh, the, the deconfigure. Oh, the yeah. scrambler. Yeah, the scrambler or whatever. I got that a little bit ago. Okay. So I'm not. I'm not that far into it. Um, but again, I, with all that said, I I am enjoying it and I'm having fun and I want to keep playing more. Unfortunately, I won't really be able to when I'm leaving tomorrow. But um, I I I still like Ori more. I'm sorry. Uh, I I recommend get farther in it and get some cool stuff. There are some really cool things that that game does that mm-hmm. I I didn't find Ori did like the. Uh, I guess the trench coat was actually one of my favorite things you pick up. I have no idea. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. I plan to play more. Don't don't worry. I will be playing more of that game. Are you talking about the item where you walk through walls? Oh, no. The upgraded version of that. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's, like, really basic. <laughs> but, okay. No, no. I like, like the the red coat, I think. Oh, okay. Specific version of. Okay. That, that makes the game, like, super fun. I just, it's a little bummed out. It's so end game. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of shit to pick up in that game. <laughs> and then I, I can't wait for Sean to find the secrets, like the the random secrets. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, did you find any of those, Paul? Uh, Like the weird warpy areas. Like yeah. you go in, like the dis- weird distorted areas. Yeah. If that's like a way to put it, you'll know what the, I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'll get like an achievement when you walk in there too. Yeah. Um, those are they're great. Randomized, their locations randomized per playthrough, unless you're playing speedrun mode. Oh, cool. Hmm. 
So, and the only way to tell you're near one is if your game starts like glitching, mm. like the it, the screen starts distorting like a CRT. It's it's so cool. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty cool for sure. Um, I also played Super Exploding Zoo, which was a PlayStation is a PlayStation Plus game for this month. It's also no fun. <laughs> oh, um, but it's about exploding zoos. That sounds like a lot of fun. I mean. Yeah, that's true. Like, so you control some some zoo animal. You start off as a penguin. Okay. <clears throat> For whatever reason, um, you have a fuse on your head because you're also like a dynamite. I don't know. You explode. Sure, dynamite penguin. But what you need to do is you need you need. There's an egg in every stage. You need to protect the egg, and there's some weird scorpion monster also in this zoo. That's trying to slowly get to the egg. So you need to destroy the scorpion monster. And to do that, you need to go around to the different pens, collecting more, like, sleeping animals. And there, there'll be different animals, like penguins and crocodiles and dodos and stuff. And they all have fuses as well. And then if you get enough, you can walk into the scorpion and blow up enough that it'll take out its health. And then you win the level. And it gets a little puzzly when they're like, well, these uh, I, these um, penguins are on an island. And the only way you can cross the river is if you already have an alligator in your group. And then he'll, like, sacrifice himself to become a bridge. So you'll go down one animal and then you can collect, you know, four penguins or whatever. Dude, what the um, fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it sounds like a fever dream. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. weird. And <laughs> I've only finished World 1, but World 1 was 20 stages. Jesus, um, okay. They're they're fairly quick, but it the ramp up to getting a, like any degree of difficulty is incredibly slow. I'm hoping it gets more difficult because I am ready just to not play it anymore. <laughs> right. I, well, you know what? I'm leaving tomorrow, so I I'm probably not playing it anymore. Right. Um. But that's a free game on PlayStation Plus that I don't recommend. Okay. Um, the cost is too high. Yeah. Free. Obviously. No, I just mean like. You you know my time is money and I'd rather spend that time uh with something else. So there, there's another PlayStation Plus game I downloaded for the Vita as well that I want to check out. Oh yeah, that's the thing. The load times were terrible on the Vita, and I even had like some really awful f- like frame rate glitches on like the final stage because there was just like I don't know too many scorpions or something like it makes was sense. Chugging. And it's not even like a polygonal game. Like these are all two D assets, but. Anyway, it didn't run that great either. Probably um, one or two person team. I, I, I really don't know. I, but I didn't really have that much fun with that. Yeah. Um, that's all I played. Uh, Paul, looks like you played a game. I did play a game. All right, so now that Splatoon's over and all this other shit's over, everybody can turn the podcast off because that's all you wanted to listen to while I talk about a Korean MMO. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Why did I come back? No, this one is different. This one's different, John. You listen. <laughs> if, if this isn't Gunbound, I don't care. Okay, it How isn't. Korean MMOs it, it isn't Gunbound, but. <laughs> but it has boobs in it. So it's oh, okay. every Korean MMO. Yes. It is every Korean MMO. Okay. Um, the MMO I'm talking about is called Blade and Soul. It's going to be coming to the Americas at the end of the year. They said two years ago or something. Uh, it's been in, out in Korea since 2012. It is a martial arts based MMO using like Chinese lore 
or something. Anyways, Korean lore. It it doesn't use Korean lore as far as I know. A lot of the stuff seems to be Chinese influenced. But okay, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, I, I was gonna say obligatory. Like, who could tell the difference anyway? But either way, the game is super fun mechanically because the combat system really focuses on combos and stuff like that, and that's really kind of nice after playing a lot of games that are just like click this button to use this ability and stuff and like the cooldown timers i like the combo system quite a bit i also like that i'm a blade master so all my stuff is like to do with swords swords. yeah it's pretty cool a lot of blocking too like you don't usually see an mmo when you have to block an attack or any of that sort of thing Right. All of that has been really cool. It's been really, really cool to not understand a fucking thing that's going on because it is all in Chinese because of the server I'm playing on. Or Korean. Uh, the server I'm playing on is Chinese, so people talking okay. to me are trying to talk to me in Cantonese. Do you have to, like, mask your IP or something? Like, how do you get... Is it easy to get access to a Korean MMO? Yeah, you just sign up. This game is um released by NCSoft, so you just sign up on their, like international account or whatever and download it oh so it's another nc soft game it's another nc soft game and i know what you're thinking nc soft are absolutely terrible and you are generally right however there's uh, there are things about this mmo i think are kind of cool i like that you get given like a really powerful sword as your first weapon and the way you unlock the powers by sacrificing other swords that you pick up like into it to make it stronger like you do well, I mean, think about any, like, Asian anime you've ever seen. It is basically all the bullshit from, like, that sort of culture or whatever. Like, that I mean, fan like, service stuff. I Mario Puzzle and Dragons, and I sacrificed that Goomba to my paratroop, uh, Koopa Troopa. There you so go. You basically played... sacrificing. You basically played it, yeah. Uh, one big problem I have with it is that it seems very cutscene heavy. Like, the first cutscene, I think, took about 10 minutes, which is kind of gross to just sit through an opening cutscene for a multiplayer-focused game. Um, But yeah, man, I don't know. There's a gambling system in it, which I really, really like, because you always win. It just depends on if you win something that you actually want or not. But it's nice to always feel like you won something. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. There was this really cool moment where, to gamble, you have to collect these tokens. And there was an enemy that was, like, off to the side of this main area that we were at. I was actually playing with IM3D Homer in the chat. And um, we kept farming him for these tokens. But at the same time, like, other Japanese or Chinese people or whoever were playing with us would jump in as well. And that's when I realized that the international language is gambling because we all wanted those tokens so we could get free shit and we would help each other out without having to talk to each other for it. And it was amazing. It was such a good time. That's a really sweet story. Yeah, I know, right? Gambling brought you together. Gambling brought us all together. Exactly. Um, But in all seriousness, I think what I like about it is that it feels like, let's, let's not be around the bush, it's still an MMO. It is going to have, it's basically like on the mini map, this is where your next objective is, kill these things, come back for a reward. It's still that. In fact, it's so much that, that you can play the game without understanding what the quest text is. Like, 
So you go to an area where it says on your mini map, you kill a bunch of shit until it says completed. I would assume it says completed anyways. And then you go back hand in and get stuff. So it is very much that, but it feels different in a weird way that I can't really explain unless somebody has played a few different MMOs in their time. Like a lot of the stuff now feels very much like with what Final Fantasy XIV and Guild Wars 2 and that stuff do. And this is kind of a kind of a fresh take on that. Like it's not fresh because it's old, but it's different enough take on that. They it's not very streamlined, but I don't know, man. It's that combat you, system. Are you I enjoying think. your time with this game? I don't know, man. I'm trying to. Okay. I really like it mechanically, but I can't understand anything that's happening in the fucking game to tell you if it's worth your time or not. Okay. Besides the gambling. Are you, are you continuing with it? Um, I haven't been. Like, I spend about four hours in it one night, and I haven't even gone back in yet, but I want to, and that's probably good enough for now, because I've played a lot of MMOs where I just stopped wanting to after one session. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So are you watching the anime for this game, too? No, no, I probably should, but a, p- a bunch of people have said it's apparently not very good. I don't know. I don't. You, uh, I would. I would assume you probably shouldn't then. Yeah, I don't know. What? I'm. I'm not generally into a lot of anime just randomly. Anyways, it has to be something kind of special or like something I'm really into for me to watch something through. And like, let's just be honest. I don't know what the fuck's going on in the story or anything in this fucking game. It's anyway, you didn't watch the anime. It, so it's it, your own fault. It might be because I didn't watch the anime or that I can't speak three different dialects of Asian languages. <laughs> it could be something like that. Anyways. Gotta watch that anime, gotta read those those the the manga and the book series. You gotta gotta get ready. Yeah. Paul, I got a weird question for you, Paul. Did you ever play uh, an RPG series called Magna Carta? I never did, but I always wanted to. Uh, parent, I was wondering, I looked up screenshots of the game, I'm like, this looks a lot like Magna Carta. And that's because the designer worked on those games and mm-hmm. this game, so. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Actually, yeah, now that I think about it, I remember seeing video of Magna Carta. It is very similar, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm 3D Homer, just said another thing that's great, the movement in it is great, because, like, you have your normal run speed, but you can also just like you have a sprint which is kind of great when you're a low level and you don't have like a mount which you usually get later on in an mmo to move faster you can move faster right from the beginning and you can like do weird gliding jumps and stuff like that so it feels like you can traverse the landscape really quickly and that's kind of really important because one of the things that you get bored of the most in these games is getting from point a to b and then back to a and that doesn't feel like a chore in this, which has helped out a, like a huge amount. Speaking of movement, have you been playing any more Witcher 3? Yeah, I have been, actually. I still haven't played nearly enough of that game to talk eloquently about it, because there is so fucking much in that game. Like, I know people were saying that, oh yeah, it has like 200 hours worth of content. Dude, yeah, it probably does, because I spent like five hours just doing side quests, and I actually wanted to. Yeah, I hear there's some pretty cool side quests in that game, so. Yeah, I 
that feels like it's going to be a lifetime commitment, <laughs> The Witcher 3, because I don't know if I can dedicate myself to play like 20 hour sittings of that one for like a week until I can talk about it next week or something. But um, I guess weekly Witcher update, it's still okay. real good and you should get it if you care at all. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. I'm done. All right. I guess let's move on to news then. News time. News time. There's a bunch. Oh boy. Too much. Um, some of these are, are we'll just blow through. Uh, first one, there's uh, going to be a new update to the Xbox One controller with a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, which is your standard headphone jack. So like the PS3, you'll be able to just plug like a normal headset into it. Um, that's great on one hand. On the second hand, now my cool like day one 2013 controller is junk. Uh, <laughs> you can buy an adapter for the old Xbox One controllers, but it's like an extra 25 bucks um, if you get the old one. So uh, I guess if you're planning to get a controller, wait for this the cool new one because I love being able to plug just my like iPhone headphones into my PlayStation 4 controller and listening that way. Uh, and that's probably why they're doing it because people enjoyed that on the PlayStation 4. Uh... I guess something closer to you guys, Twitch bans AO games. Which I'm surprised this wasn't a thing to begin with. That's kind of what I thought when I first heard of this. It, is... I think I think it's just they made it official, basically, because they were already banning, like, Honey Pop and, like, most dating sims or stuff like that. Yeah. It seemed like this was for hatred? It is specifically because hatred came out <laughs> that they did Makes this. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So rather than risk any problems or whatever or any like of that language that could be misinterpreted, they just straight up said no, <laughs> no AO games ever. And they actually do have a list of specific games you are not allowed to stream. I'm just looking for the list now as we talk it because I lost it. It makes sense, though, because like they run ads and <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of, you know, um people sponsoring these or, or putting the ads up don't want their product being associated with, you know, whatever AO related content. Mm. Um, so, you know, that makes sense from that standpoint. What can you do? Like, are people like switching to Hitbox? Can you stream hatred on Hitbox? You can stream hatred on Hitbox. Yes. Okay. There, there you go. So you can still get your hatred needs if you want. I also hear hatred just kind of sucks. It looks like a, bad uh twin stick shooter or something like so i don't it's particularly like, like those anyway all right i'm looking at the list of ao rated games on like wikipedia okay who the fuck would stream the majority of these games to begin with well i can give you the list of prohibited games that twitch has set out right now and that's okay. bmx triple x dramatical right. murder honey pop Secure a Spirit, Secure a Fantasy, Second Life, and Cobra Club. In addition, we also prohibit Why BMX Triple X. There was like, oh, I guess certain versions weren't censored. I forgot about that. Yeah, they what, um, they like, added some too. Here. Like... They added some here. So, in addition to the above, we all pro we also prohibit all versions, uh, all versions of games rated adults only, including Hatred, Fahrenheit, Manhunt Two. Right, so, Fahrenheit was in there, but, which is But they weird. also say mature-rated versions of those games are allowed. Yes, that's right. Only the adults-only version of those games. Yeah, so, like, because San Andreas is also <clears throat> on that list. Mm-hmm. 
one of the one of the kind of interesting arguments was um things like in Australia where there is no M rating, it just goes immediately to like AO. So there's like a lot of AO games because it's RM games, for yeah. example. So it was kind of I didn't hear any kind of answer to this, but the question was like, what what's happening for that then? Can they not stream like Halo or Gears of War and stuff? Um, Honestly, I mean, if it has nudity in it, that doesn't make any sense at all, basically, or it's hatred, it's not allowed. That's what it boils down to. Right. And again, it makes sense. And and just like, well, I think it was like a year or two ago, Twitch updated their thing to be like, you also can't be naked while you're streaming. Yeah, you you have to be like wearing a shirt and like without showing off too much cleavage or stuff like that. Yeah. In case of girls and guys, I think you have to wear like a tank top at most. Yeah. Or at least, I believe, tank top at least. Yeah, geez, John. I'm sorry, I can't help <laughs> it. But, but I mean, like, I, I'm just going to say it like I preferred your streams before that. You know, I'm just, I'm going to say it. Before I streamed apparently topless or after? No, before you stopped no, streaming topless. No, the topless thing never stopped. He just stopped putting his webcam on. Go, is that why your webcam is only like your face now? Um, <laughs> there was a rumor that the next uh, Nintendo platform, the NX, is going to use Android, and then Nintendo came out and said, nah, son. Yeah, that seems silly. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. It was just kind of like a, big, a bit of a heavier rumor because uh, Nikai uh, was mentioning it, and they're they're usually kind of pretty on point. Or Nikkei, however you pronounce it, the uh, Japanese um, uh, out, outlet. Um, but yeah, Nintendo came and said, no, that's not going to be the case. Uh, which makes sense, because Nintendo's, they always do their own stuff. Um, uh, we have the games for gold. Uh, games with gold for June. Um, there's four, so on the 360, it's Just Cause 2 and Thief. Those are great. And, um, on the Xbox One, it's Massive Chalice, which I'm excited for, and Pool Nation and FX, which still, some, somebody still, please it's remind It's been on there for three months <laughs> Was now. that not already a Games with it's, Gold game? It's been on there for three months. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? This is it crazy. Really, really. Yeah, like, even says the article even says Pool Nation is being offered for an extra month. That's incredible. I guess people were just so excited about that fact. They were like, I'm sure we haven't reached the entire target audience for Pool Nation FX, so we'll help people out. Games with Gold continues to just impress with how shitty it is. Um I am excited for Massive Chalice though, as mm-hmm. a fan of Double Fine and Brad Muir. Um, you can buy it now, apparently. Okay, because it came out June 1st. Yeah, you can already get it. Um, for free. Going to something a, a bit more interesting, Nintendo put out a micro direct, or a, or a direct micro, whatever they're calling it, Nintendo direct micro. Okay. Uh, in which Bill Trinan was tiny. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> um, they announced a bunch of like kind of 3DS uh, games, including uh, they they mentioned uh, Bravely Second again. I, they gave it a subtitle. I can't remember what it was. Um, another Dr. Mario game, uh, a new Chibi Robo platformer, which actually looks pretty cool. Um, 
And they, oh yeah, they also showed off the next Mario and Sonic at the Olympics game. Who, who's excited? Not, not surprised by that. Who get hyped for some Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games? Um, yeah. You can, uh, you can play golf. That was a that was a thing they mentioned. Um, what was the other sports that I hadn't seen before? Oh, rugby. You can now play rugby with all your favorite Mario and Sonic characters. Um, and, uh, they said there's more about whatever project treasure is. I don't even remember them announcing whatever project treasure was, but yeah, oh, I don't he- think here we go. Uh, Chibi Robo Ziplash. Yeah. Cause you use like your, your cord as an attack coming at 3ds October, Dr. Mario miracle cure, which is out next week, June 11th. And then, um, they just said the U S localization of bravely second is in 2016. There's also a Chibi Robo amiibo coming. Uh, go with the new game, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, it comes in the box. So oh. Which, uh, that makes sense, because that's probably how they should be doing it, so people can actually get the fucking things. Dude, Chibi Robo. <laughs> Chibi so Robo's cool. Um, yeah. I like that they're doing something unique with Chibi Robo, uh, making it a platformer this time. Uh, however, sticking with the Amiibo fashion, it's not interesting. When you use the Amiibo, he turns gold and is just more powerful. Oh, is that really what it is? That, that's what you get. That's yeah, read, pretty gross. I heard something about it can level up. That's all I knew. I didn't. I, actually oh, I think it can level right. up as well, kind of Smash Bros. like, I guess. Mm. Um, I didn't. I didn't read the direct or watch the mini direct. So yeah. Um. But there's there's that. So that cool. Nintendo mini direct. Um, this one was kind of interesting to me. Uh, Lego put out uh, another game, Lego Worlds. Uh, which is kind of, I guess, their Minecraft clone. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was interesting because it was in, it's in uh, early access right now. Yeah, I'll be trying and, it um, out probably this weekend. And I just thought, it, this is this like the biggest like high profile game that has gone early <laughs> access? Because usually it's like indie games, but now this is Lego. Yeah, hmm. I'd say it is. So You're I just thought that probably was just kind right. Of just, yeah. Yeah. From like a like a landmark standpoint, like is this? Yeah, this has got to probably be the biggest early access game, and that just kind of gets you thinking. Could you see like, um, a bigger publisher is going into early access? Like, could you ever see an Ubisoft game early access? I, I feel like seeing all these designers doing Kickstarters now for the, like the projects that they kind of ma- were made famous by is kind of a a lead up to that. It's again, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, however, it's still smaller companies. Like you'll see Double Fine doing that, but could you see Ubisoft? No, and because when you have multiple hundreds of people working on different things, you can't really put out just like the first ten levels of something or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? You have too many. Pe- you have too many people putting their hands into it. The smaller things, yeah, for sure. So, like you said, Double Fine and. I'm trying to think of like some I'm other ones. To, I'm trying to think of like the biggest developer that's kind of done an early access thing. Or I, I think Double Fine is the Double Fine or Harmonix, right? I think Double Fine's yeah, bigger, yeah, probably. Uh, it could be bigger. Although I don't Harmonix know. is probably gearing up with Rock Band Four. Yeah. Um. So, I know they definitely downsized after the Rock Band went away, but at, during the Rock Band's prime, there was like 200 of them. I think was what I was hearing. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, Lego World's on early access. Um, it's like a Minecraft-like thing. Um, I'll try that out. That was just kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned this a few weeks ago that there was a possibility of a one terabyte Xbox One 
uh, coming about at some point this year. Uh, there is now looks like there's going to be a one terabyte PS4 coming about. Cool. They both need it. You know, both need the last time we were talking about this, I, I thought you were crazy. And then I checked my Xbox one and I was at like 90% full. Yeah. Here, and here's the secret. Here's the secret to getting all your space back. Delete okay. Master Chief Collection. Yeah, it really is. It really <laughs> I was going through and I was like, I'll clear some stuff out, clear some stuff out. And then I went to Master Chief and I was like, this thing is huge. It's at least Goodbye. 50 gigs, isn't it? It's something like that. It's 40 and, and now. Like that. They've added ODST. So, oh, yeah, which nice. reminds me, I gotta figure out how to get my ODST code. They, mm-hmm. you should have gotten a message on your Xbox. Oh, on the Xbox. I haven't turned on the Xbox One in like. Yeah, well, it might be on your Xbox Live account if you just go to Xbox.com. Um, but yeah. yeah, mine was. I was able to just pull it up on the Smart Glass app and then redeem the code and then cancel the download because I don't need that on my system. Um, although ODST, whoa, there goes my mic. Although ODST is a. Uh, Good call, uh, Sean. There's the code. Yeah, that is my favorite. Uh, <laughs> favorite halo yes it's good um there was a source uh that mentioned that dark souls 3 will be getting announced at e3 okay i guess paul excited yes always excited for one of these games it just seems so soon after bloodborne yeah seems so soon after dark souls 2 dark souls 2 did only come out march of 2014 so yeah it's real again, soon. It's, again, it's just being announced, so it could be like coming out 2016. I think they're probably trying to keep up on the hype because Dark Souls 2 did get a lot more people in. Like Dark Demon Souls had a cult following. Dark Souls got more people in. Dark Souls 2, a lot more people got in. And now Bloodborne is doing the same thing because it's basically the only reason to have a PS4 right now. So I think they're riding this hard action RPG train right now. Uh, what's next? Uh, Steam announced their refund program, and I believe it's already in effect. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the main point uh, is that you can file for a full refund of any game or software within two weeks following its purchase, so long as you haven't used it for more than two hours. Yes, that's right. Uh, it also works for pre-orders. That's cool. Yeah, and I guess there's no way you would have been able to use it for two hours at that point. Right. Um, it seems pretty obvious that you should be able to do it for pre-orders, but um, I've actually gone through a refund process on Steam back when I bought Saints Row Four, and it wouldn't run on my machine for whatever reason, and it took me a while, but they did refund it, and they're like, "We don't normally do this." Yeah. Um, but I guess now they will. Uh, do it so again uh, yeah well uh, this is to be an automated process you will not go through a uh, support ticket or anything yeah no i yeah. have to go back and forth email people and uh, try this try this and nothing worked they were like okay we'll just do it yeah it's gonna happen with like super short games like the stanley parable though they are gonna I, take advantage of it i i'm sure some people will take advantage of it um so i guess i bet they can't come into that two hour time with a bit uh a bit contentious but um you know, try be a good person, I guess. Um, although I'm trying to think of like, I know there's like smaller and smaller games showing up there, but I can't think of a ton of games I've played lately that were less than two hours long. That is true. So, mm-hmm. Stanley Parable, I think, is the most recent one that comes to mind. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think of anything that would have been less than two hours that I've played recently. And even Stanley Parable, like if you dive into it, it'll last you more than two hours. Yeah. 
Um, I guess the big announcement yesterday was Fallout 4 was announced. Yay. Yeah. Everyone kind of saw it coming. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is coming. Uh, PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Uh, no date yet. People are assuming end of this year. Um, I didn't watch... Really? For a Bethesda game? Yeah, that seems optimistic. From what I understand, though, and correct me if I'm wrong, Fallout 3 was announced in the summer and then came out that fall. Hmm. So... You might be right, but we knew about Fallout 3's existence for quite a while before it actually came out, I think, or officially. We almost, we kind of unofficially knew about Fallout 4. Yeah, because of that like, angry dev that went on the internet after there, leaving Bethesda saying, we're working on Fallout 4 like two years ago. Right, there was that. Hmm? I think it was last year. Was but, it last yeah, year? I, I think it was I last think year. I saw someone linked that post last year of them saying, like, because no one believed them, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like, yeah, like, you give me shit now, but wait until you actually see I'm right when they announce it. It was actually pretty funny. Reading. He was right. <laughs> um, so you guys excited for Fallout 4? I'm not a huge Fallout fan. Yes, I, I am. I, I like post-apocalyptic, so I'll probably give it a shot. This I... might be my actual like stepping into it. Yep. Speaking of which, have you guys seen Mad Max? Yeah. Not, not yet. Paul, you finally went to it? Yeah. Oh, how'd you like it? Oh, my. It's fine. Really? <laughs> just just fine? I really no, liked it. No, get, don't get me wrong. It's good. It was okay. so overhyped with people saying it is literally the best film they've ever seen that my expectations I had to keep low. I wouldn't go that far, but I really enjoyed <laughs> A lot of movie. people have gone that did far. You, did you like the moment, the scenes that I had pointed out? Do you remember them? I didn't remember the, as the when... The storm? Oh, dude, the storm is the best part of that movie, so good. visually. And the other one was like the motorcycle dudes throwing grenades. That's pretty dumb, but I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought that was fun too. But yeah, this storm is awesome. So, and John, you haven't seen it yet? No, I haven't had a chance. I, I only just got back a couple days ago. You got to get on that, man. Can I tell you, Sean, one of my favorite parts? Because it's so fucking do. dumb. The, Don't without spoilers, obviously. Two dudes on the hoods of their cars spitting gasoline into their intake to go yeah. faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so dumb. I was actually reading up that so much of that movie was practical effects. Like, for example, yeah. you know the guitar dude? Yeah. That entire rig with all those speakers and stuff worked. There was guys drumming on the back of that thing driving 60 miles an hour through the desert. Yeah, that's what... Um, it was a functioning vehicle. That's what my friend was saying, is that the reason why he thinks this is so impressive is because of all the time it took to make these cars just real things and not just yeah, CG. like George Miller wanted things to work. Let's also remember George Miller, uh, director of both the Babe movies. And Happy Feet. And, sorry, that's what yeah. it was. The Babe and both of the Happy Feet movies. All right, I think it was Babe 2 specifically. It was, like that. yes. Pig in the City. Think, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the other three Mad Max movies, and the other three Mad Max movies, yeah, uh, that's a that's a movie. Anyway, so yes, Fallout Four, uh, that's a thing that's coming. I guess we'll see more of it at E3. I guess John, you might get to play some of it at E3. So if they have a playable demo, that would, I don't that know. would be exciting. Uh, along with that, uh, XCOM Two was announced. Surprisingly, yeah. not coming to consoles. They've said. Yep, mm. PC exclusive. A little surprising. Um, I am surprised because I heard so many good things about the console ports, which people were surprised that they liked it so much with the controller. I bet you it's because the the expansion pack shenanigans they had to go through with Enemy Unknown. 
You mean Enemy or, Within? Or, sorry, you're right, because Unknown was the first one. Enemy Unknown was the game. Enemy Within was the, was uh, the expansion. expansion pack. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's um, the one. But I would think it's just getting easier, especially with the new consoles. Like, Because, for sure, during the 360 PS3, there was tons of issues with D- DLC. How should they do it? These new consoles seem to have like figured it out. They're much more like computers in which they can just update things as they need to. Um but who knows? Uh, I was hearing some things about uh, they felt they couldn't do as much with the consoles as they could on PC. Um, but anyway, Sense, XCOM 2. You guys excited? Yeah. Yeah. Eh. All did you play the first one? Yeah. No. The, the, my problem with XCOM games is that I like them a lot, but I don't have the patience to go through a lot of it. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. This next story is my favorite, and I saw Paul already clicked on it, which is a bummer because I wanted your real time. I reaction. just clicked on it. I haven't. John hasn't looked at it yet. Let's all click on it together. I haven't opened the tab yet. Disney XD okay. has a show coming out about pro gaming. Oh no! Oh my god! Okay, it's called Gamers right. Guide to Pretty Much Everything. There is a 24 second trailer, and I would like you guys to watch it. The thumbnail alone has already now, sold me I'm gonna on how put terrible this, this in is the chat. Be. This is for people listening. Uh, this is a reason why you should watch uh, the when we do this live. But I'm putting in the chat. This is a Polygon article where they pointed out <clears> the <throat> 10 best moments from this 24-second clip of the show. Um, I'm going to start going down the list of the 10 things. Hopefully, people are watching this thing. Um, should I be watching is, it? You should watch it. It's 24 seconds long. It will come um, through the live feed. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> fuck it. I'm okay. doing it. Okay, just do it. It's 24 seconds. We'll just do it. I'm doing it right now. Just clicked it. I just clicked it. Okay. And this is already... I'll stay quiet. I'll stay quiet then. Oh Oh my god, are you serious? This... No. (laughs) Stampy cat. (laughs) Of course it's Stampy. Oh no. Why? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be terrible for people listening to the audio version. Yes. Anyways, when I said I'm watching it or whatever, people watching or listening to the audio version should go find that video and watch it at that same time. Specifically, I I think you should check out this Polygon article. This is written by Justin McElroy. Great guy. Really funny. He risked the 10 best things. Let's go through the 10 best things of this 24-second clip. Yeah, let's do it. The sound effects, all right? We're looking at video game sound effects wave from probably 1986. Yep. That's the games they're playing. All right, highlight number two, the pit crew. Yeah. Uh, Justin points out, though, let's not be too hard about this part because technically that was the only joke. That's, yeah. that's really the only joke, so there, any of that. Highlight number three, one of the kids' faces, specifically the one with the bullseye on it. Yes. Um, hang on, highlight number two, no, wait, this kid's face, <clears throat> the guy with the glasses. Yes. All right. Highlight number five. Kid beside, the, I guess, the main character wearing his headphones wrong. Yeah. Whatever that for. Highlight six. Um, the expression going rapid fire. Wait, why is he wearing his headphones wrong? Well, it's just like not on his ears. Yeah, but I always have one headphone off my ear so I can yeah, actually. I'm, I'm pretty sure that one's actually done for like to hear what the announcer's saying or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
But no, like it also does kind of look goofy because he's pretty engrossed in the game too. Yep. Uh, again, yeah, Highlight 6, the expression going rapid fire, which you guys know who Stampy Cat is. That's a thing. I, I've actually met him. Oh. Um, th- as I'm going to just read this line from the article, we're not going to goof on this guy because he's between the ages of 18 and 34, and as such is, statistically speaking, almost certainly a YouTube sensation we're not cool enough to know about. John, can you confirm? Yes, he's a Minecraft YouTuber. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Um, Highlight six, going back to spectacles again because his hilarious faces just don't stop. Um, highlight seven, did you actually take a look at like the venue they're at? It's basically three tables. Yep. Um, which is, again, the World Gaming Championship. Highlight nine, his thumb. Yeah, what the fuck, man? That was, yep, okay. And then highlight ten, why don't we just watch a gif of spectacles going through his whole range of emotions? Uh, <laughs> Wow. Pretty, pretty good article, and I guess, yeah, if you're excited about this show, um, go into the Disney XD channel. I'm so mad that this is a thing that can happen, but I can't stream Honey Pop on Twitch. <laughs> Bullshit, man. Double standards. <laughs> anyway, that was that was great. Um, <clears throat> on another bummer note, hey, more... Um, a remaster's coming. This time it's uh, the Uncharted collection. Yep. So you get those uh, three games, the, the console ones. Those are coming. The ones that anybody who cared about those games own already, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, more remasters. That's uh, that's what my PS4 is for, I guess. <clears throat> and Bloodborne. Uh, well, I don't have Bloodborne. Bloodborne so is Bloodborne. literally the only reason right now. Um, and the last one, I guess this was... This was today, right? Yeah, today, June fourth. Uh, uh, the official, the first official Steam machine is going to be coming this fall, October sixteenth, hitting shelves November tenth. And now, if you launch Steam, basically, you see ads uh, for the Steam controller and for is it the Link, the streaming box? I think oh. it's called the Link, the Steam Link. Um, but anyway, there's straight yeah. up a trailer for the controller alone that I watched. Um, so you can. Uh, you can look into that, and again, yeah, you can already start pre-ordering it. Um, Steam machines are going to be starting at uh, $450. The controller will sell for $50. Uh, and the, yeah, Steam Link, which connects the TV to your PC, uh, will also sell for $50. It's going to be an Alienware Steam machine. It'll be available in four specifications. Prices are from $450 to $750. Um, so you can easily find all the info of the uh, of the four models if you're interested uh, but just kind of, kind of interesting that these finally came up. I, I, I it felt like Steam uh, machines kind of like died off a little bit. I hadn't heard much for a while. You know, I'm actually glad this is happening because if the $750 Steam machine is like something that could say run The Witcher Three on ultra settings or whatever, that is still like half the price on a good day of a PC that can do that. So that is an entryway for people to actually maybe get into PC gaming, like through the Steam library. That's cool. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm I'm more interested in that controller. I could see myself picking up a controller. Oh, I'm definitely gonna pick one up. Machine. I would like to see. I would like to feel one of those. 
John, have you tried them out since you go to a lot of the conventions? I feel like I tried one out, but I don't remember. I know it was an early model of the controller either way. I either was watching someone using it or actually use it myself. I just can't remember. Okay, so yeah, Yeah. you probably don't remember any kind of impressions then. Um, No. I mean, I might get a chance at E3 in a week. Uh, I would would be interested if you do to to hear your thoughts on it for sure. Does does Valve usually have presence at E3? Because I don't remember... Never actually generally seen. Probably, no probably not but i could see you probably finding a um a dev or someone a, using it a, yeah exactly exactly probably one of the indie areas would have it so i'll look yep. around some something something um and that's it for news no there's yeah. one more piece oh, oh, that surprise. is stupid and like i just news. it's not really news it's just that they're starting to add new hero portraits in hearthstone and that's kind of weird because they literally do nothing but change the little portrait of your character. Mm-hmm. So, for example, they announced, um, who was it, Murden Bronzebeard, I think? Another warrior portrait instead of having Hellscream. And there is literally no difference. But you can pay $10 for it. That is the difference. And that's weird. That is a gross money grab, <laughs> basically. I have no idea what this is. Okay. I'll do you know? Do you know the l- little character? Have you ever played a warrior deck or whatever in Hearthstone? I don't think I've played a. Wa- I've probably played a warrior one, but I not much. Okay, you know the little picture of whoever, like whatever class you're playing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically for t- basically for ten dollars, you can change that little picture to another oh, okay. character. For some reason, I thought we were talking about Heroes of the Storm, so my eyes just glazed over. No, we are not talking okay. about Heroes. Hearthstone, I'm all into that. That's a crappy deal. Right? That's so weird and gross. I really hope people don't buy it so they don't try to keep doing that. But, yeah. Yeah, there you go. That was the news. It wasn't even worth putting in the show notes. (laughs) All right, uh, now questions for real. Yeah. If people want to write in, they can do so on Twitter at TDP Podcast, or they can do, I guess, email. Email is honestly, let's be frank here. You're going to be more likely to be noticed on email. You just are. And that's top-down perspective. Twitter works, too. Twitter works, too. You are more likely to be noticed on email, though, because you can do long form and you could, like, get stuff out. We like hearing the stories. Last week was great. Last week, we had some good stories. I missed something last week. There was a good one last week. There was a good one last week. Um, Anyways, you can do so at topdownperspective at gmail.com. There's a fucking like Facebook you could do. Look up Top Down Perspective. Shows on there. Yeah, you can join that group. That's cool because that actually helps like people liking it or whatever. Yeah, like liking it helps us out. Yep. Uh, Any way to boost the show. Uh, there's a Reddit, but uh, honestly, if you post on Reddit, you're probably doing it more for hanging out with the community. We don't read it very much. Uh, yeah, but Top Down Perspective at Gmail dot com. That's the way. That's the best way. And you could be like Lucky796 who says, but in all seriousness, for those who have played Fire Emblem, how do you feel with the new Fire Emblem having a Phoenix mode and removing weapon durability? Those are kind of crazy changes for Fire Emblem. It's just a mode, though. Like, okay, so for those who don't know, Phoenix mode is basically easy mode. Mm. Um, where, again, they take away the weapon durability. You can also um, turn off in, like permadeath. That's what they meant by Phoenix mode. Is like if a character dies, they just get back up like next turn. There's two. There's both. There's one where they get up after the end of the mission, or they get up next turn. So this is literally just like easy super mode. Yeah. And um, end of the mission was in Awakening. That was what casual mode was. Okay. 
I so. didn't know because I never played that way. How do I feel about it? I don't care. I'm, just, I'm not going to play that way. And if it gets more people to play it, great. More people should play Fire Emblem. I'm going to play Fire Emblem uh, like the real way, uh, like I always have. <laughs> wow, elitist <laughs> attitudes. Here we go. No, that's just the way to do it. And also, specifically uh, weapon durability, I've like really never had an issue with that. You find so many swords all over the place. Hmm. So I'm fine. Okay. Cool. Uh, James writes, I'm pretty sure you've gotten a lot of questions that state, uh, what's your favorite blank or like, so I'd like to put a sort of twist on that question like that. Which generation of games do you think have the best overall soundtrack? Personally, I want to say the sixth generation because it has a lot of killer soundtracks that could be considered some of the best ever, such as Jet Set Radio, Okami, Sonic Heroes, Sonic Heroes, Snake Eater, Pikmin, Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, and Xenosaga. Uh, it also had some really good pieces of music in general. I don't. What, I don't even know the generations by heart, dude. And well, this, if PS2 is sixth generation, then just think backwards. If, like, I'm just trying to think of the best way to say this. When they started going from cartridges to CDs, they got excited about being able to fit real audio files on there, and yeah. those are great because they went balls out. So like the original yeah, so PlayStation area and Sega yeah, CD. Yeah, I, I feel like that era onwards is really yeah. like yes, where you're going to be at for like high quality music. I think he's right though. The PS2 era era, I think, fine tuned it and like made good appropriate music for what they're doing and didn't just throw any MP3 file <laughs> that they had in the office on or whatever. But um, it was really cool to go from the SNES era and like hearing stuff on the PlayStation for the first time was amazing. It was so good. So you're going fifth generation. Yes, that'll be mine. I'll probably agree with sixth generation PS2 Xbox. I still listen to Jet Set Radio future soundtrack. I want to say six was probably the biggest one for me as well. Cause that's just when I started playing the most stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. Good question though. Uh, Joey writes in, Hey guys, glad to see you all back together, if only for this week's show. Just a few quickish questions here. One, what is the weirdest question you can ever remember hearing from a GameStop customer, whether you were working there or not at the time? This is all you guys, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm just when think I was thinking about this, there was something weird about like a Game Boy Advance, but I can't quite remember what it was. I remember someone returned a console because it had a scratch on the box or something like that. That was surprisingly common. Like on like the cardboard box, the console itself was fine, but they're like, no, the box has got a scratch. I got to return it. Yeah, that's weird. I really can't remember my Game Boy Advance one. It was something like we were really close to closing and he just wanted to see one. And it was like, Really, like you're gonna make me go into the back room and get the ladder for like a Game Boy Advance, and then he didn't even end up really wanting it. I can't quite remember what it was. He just but... wanted this. I remember you told me about this like the next day at the store. Yeah, I remember. I remember t- telling people about it because it was really weird. I think Nathan and I were working that night, but I can't remember the full conversation. Okay, number two. Having just started playing the Ace Attorney trilogy on the 3DS and loving its insanity and quirky sense of humor, are there any games you can recommend that have a similar sense of humor to them? 
It doesn't need to be a visual novel like Ace Attorney, just anything where the writing is consistently funny. I thought uh, Lego City Undercover was pretty funny. Um, okay. Immediately, I thought of Ghost Trick. I was going to say the same thing. Ghost um, Trick, definitely. That's because it's the same team. It's Yeah, it's the same team. Um, I'm trying to think, what are the games I think that are like the funniest? Uh, there was something I played somewhat recently where I was like this. Oh, Wonderful 101, I think, is one of the funniest games I've ever played. Um and it'll be kind of similar humor as well. Um, so I would highly recommend Wonderful 101. Okay. Hmm. Anything else for you guys? Funny games. So I'm trying to think of right now. Just Cause 2 is funny, but it's a different kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It's not really the writing style or anything. No. Kid, Kid Icarus Uprising's writing was pretty funny. I don't agree with that, but okay. <laughs> All right. Really? Also, All just, right. like, not fun. <laughs> I said the writing was pretty I liked it it reminded me of Ratchet and Clank which there you go Ratchet and Clank's writing is pretty good Ratchet and Clank's not bad yeah Stanley Parable why the fuck did I not even think of yep, that yep that's a good one and they're saying Portal and Portal 2 those are great for yeah, that I, Stanley Portal Parable. and Portal 2 are, are a little interesting because depending on who you talk to you might have heard the joke so much online that you might they might lose power I know, I know at least one person that will not play the games because all the humor has been ruined for them because of the internet. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. I feel like there's probably a really obvious one that I can't think of, and it's making me mad. <laughs> Whatever. Third question. Yeah, I'm just grabbing it here. Do you ever dig through any things you had as a kid or used to collect at some point and find anything that turned out to be super rare or valuable. Like, I was going through my old Pokemon cards the other day and happened to find a first edition mint condition holo- first edition mint condition holographic Charizard card that I can that I probably just found randomly in a pack as a kid. P.S. John, if you end up having a Pokemon <laughs> wing in your museum, I'll gladly donate this. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's quite the offer, John. A holographic Charizard, mint if condition. Those, those cards were worth a lot. I remember those were big even when I back when I started first collecting. I don't think I have anything that's super rare or valuable. Um, Some games I've collected. That's it. Let's get real. He has to have a Pokemon wing, right, in his museum. I think so. Yeah. I mean, especially now, like he has this awesome thing to start it with because there are so many things pokemon wise you could collect you could probably fill a wing in a museum you could easily fill a museum you know what sure you're right yeah yeah um i mean i probably have some old games that are that are rare now but nothing like major that is like sticking out um yeah, maybe maybe even some random trading cards too, but nothing nothing major. Uh, I had one of those poison steel slammers from Pogs. I, oh that, man, that thing was like maybe worth a buck back in the day. It might be worth like ten now on eBay or something. That's probably the thing is I probably have something that's worth just a little bit more than what I paid for it. Like yeah, Crazy Bones or something. Oh, Crazy Bones, <laughs> the original Amiibo. <laughs> kind of <laughs> <It> worked. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Crazy Bones. I remember Crazy Bones were banned at my school. Yep, because it, it was gambling. And well, it was just yeah, you'd play for keeps, and yeah. the kids kept getting upset because yeah. they'd lose their toys. That's right. Yeah. And with that poison steel slammer, I stole all the pogs until I some kid a, actually stole them from me. I have my Crazy Bones Amazing. in a little a little carrying case that's a coffin. It was a crazy. Yeah, those were the carry cases for those things. I yeah, that. yeah. Uh, crazy Bones are weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, John, you want to take this next one? All right. Hang on a second. I got the list lost here. Uh, Devin writes in and says to Sean and Paul, Life is Strange is a very powerful game, or so I think. It brings up some tense subjects that most games don't talk about. See our Christian friend's rooftop dilemma. And it just re- it's just really sentimental and melancholy otherwise. By the time episode two ended, I had already been put to tears four times. So my question for you guys how do you deal with all the raw emotion of Life is Strange throws at you and brings out to you? I drink heavily every time. <laughs> um, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> no, it I'm doesn't kidding. hit me that hard. Um, in fact, I don't think any games ever brought me to tears. I'm sure there's been one that has for me. I just don't know which one it would be. So I'm trying to think now of. I mean, I've I've been. I've gotten emotional at movies or TV shows before. I don't think any games done it for me, though. Uh, the ending of Snake like... Eater is pretty good. Talking about the boss and he salutes you. You're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> sure, sure. Like, I'm not saying there are emotional it, moments. Snake. I'm just saying uh, <laughs> they haven't hit me like that. Um, so I guess I don't have very yeah. How do I deal with it? I guess it's not a, not much of an issue for me with Life is Strange, really. Um, it's not even over yet. I think is the thing either. Like for me, I just want the next episode. So there aren't really feelings of like, of like, uh, I'm really like depressed or this is kind of sad or something. It's more like I need to see how this story ends now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what you're kind of saying is is like an excitement. Exactly. I get excited with the games too, especially like with that. And um, and then I'm always just I know I'm gonna get to talk about them on the podcast, which uh, is which is great for me to do. Dude, uh, the ending of Final Fantasy X is kind of depressing. Not gonna lie, that one hurt a little bit because it's just like my main character. What? <laughs> Even though I hated him with a passion. Holy shit. Uh, John, there's like a PS here. Oh yeah, this is why you want me to read it, huh? <laughs> I can read it, like to, to John. To John, yeah, you go for it. Why the fuck haven't you played this game yet? Because you I don't, don't own it. You don't really play it. Adve- well, hey, Steam. Yeah, Steam sharing, oh. bro. Steam sharing. Yeah, but we don't have our Steam sharing reconnected. Remember? Okay, we'll do that. W- yeah, we should get that Either done. Way, you don't really play adventure games, so it's not really these aren't really your your genre. Anyway. I, I've heard it's good, but I just haven't had the time to really be playing much. I've only had the time for handheld stuff. Mm-hmm. Sir, I know what that's like. So. Um, all right, I'll take this next one. This massive one. <clears throat> all right, Andy writes: Can we rename John's museum to the John Wheeler Museum and Emporium in memoriam of Sean Booker's PS3? All right. So what is the because <laughs> I kept seeing this pop up last week. What and, yeah, I guess I'd like to thank um, and also complain about all the emails we got. <laughs> What people, happened? Where people sent the letter F in. <laughs> so um, stupid. What a dumb gag. It's it's not it's not even funny. I know. It's so what good. 
So Sean was talking about how his PS3 died, and then he said basically, I, no, it's not. It's just at my parents' house. I said it's not with me. I oh, that's literally what I said. And then Paul was like, in in like memoriam of Sean's PS3, type F or send it. Yeah. Yeah, so no, it was that's going crazy. <laughs> like nineteen people last time. It was um, uh, press F to pay respects for Sean's PS3, and then I, <laughs> then I also said something about like if you're not here and listening to this afterwards, be sure to email in F to so pay like, your all respects. Week, all week I would just keep checking it to like a new one. Anyway, I'm gonna go. Amazing, amazing. He well says done, jokes aside. Well um, I have some comments regarding what Sean talked about last week regarding Splatoon. Now that it's out. Supposedly, there was a rumor going about that review copies were different from the actual game in some respects. The map rotations happen after a few hours rather than a full day, and they swap both maps for the rotation instead of just one. Also, as someone in chat had mentioned last week, it was ver- very much possible to disable motion controls in the options. Overall, the game uh, felt very smooth and polished. Yes, that does seem to be the case. John said it was a few hours, so maybe my review copy was a full day. Um... But and also with the uh, motion controls, uh, yes, you can change that in the options. I, again, I had mentioned though that I kind of got used to it uh, pretty quickly. I, I turned them off immediately. I didn't honest. know you could. I played the whole game with it. Um, hmm. I, I did go back and double check. You can change them, and you know I didn't. And so in my review, I didn't complain about the controls because you know y- you you can fix them. That's totally a thing. Hmm. Um, for Paul, mm-hmm, Heaven's yeah. Sword, uh, the next expansion for Final Fantasy XIV comes out in a few weeks. This will be my first time experiencing a launch of an expansion. Do you have any experience you're willing to share regarding expansions you've gone through? Also, I heard Flight was rumored uh, from flying mounts in World of Warcraft. I found this particular uh, consider. Sorry, I found this peculiar, considering flying mounts are being added into Final Fantasy XIV soon. Thoughts on this? Did you enjoy flying mounts? Uh, okay, yeah, so to address that part first, the reason why they take flying mounts out until you're the highest level in every expansion is because they put a lot of work and time into creating the zones and stuff, and they want you to see it from the ground level and not just fly over it with, like, little specks of it here and there. So there's that, and, uh, they just, they want to make it a little bit harder for you like they don't want you to be able to just mount up fly to your destination where you need to like collect a thing and then fly away they want you to like clear the mobs and get the grinding xp and all that sort of stuff so i see why they do it it is kind of annoying because i like flying in world of warcraft because it's faster and more convenient and i have leveled up enough characters to it's like i've earned this just let me do my thing if i want to but uh i see why they do it uh, I'm glad they're adding that soon. As for expansions I've gone through, I've gone through all of them for World of Warcraft. Uh, most of them I did the Midnight r- Launch, which was always in, like, the dead of winter, it felt like. It was always outside waiting for, like, an hour in a lineup with a bunch of other people. That's kind of shitty, but what's even more shitty is when you bring it home you install it and then when you try to start to play your server is full because everyone else on that server decided to play that day and they happen to be in a different time zone so they got it earlier um expansion days are not my favorite if you want to like actually have fun playing the video game i would say maybe wait a week or two it sounds like any launch 
Yeah, if you just want to be part of the zeitgeist, though, and be there when, like, a hundred people are trying to grind the same mobs at the same time, then you should be there, like, the launch day of an expansion, because that is stupid for all the right reasons. People, like, stealing shit away from each other and joking around and stuff, or just yelling at each other, whatever happens in your server. Other than that, I hope you enjoy Heavensward. I will not be there because I'm not far enough in Final Fantasy XIV yet to really care. But I hope you have a good time. And uh, <clears throat> uh, for John, thanks uh, to your Aria LP, I had an amazingly huge craving for a Castlevania game. I went to a nearby game store and found a copy of Dawn of Sorrow, so I decided to buy it and try it out. So far, the game has been all right, but I felt it a bit lacking in comparison to Aria of Sorrow. I'm not sure if these were the same problems you mentioned in your LP, but I felt like the grind for souls was even more tedious than Aria. I also found the touch controls to be a bit more imprecise at times. Whoa, someone's moving things around in the thing. Oh, yeah, what's A uh, bit more impre- imprecise at times for the seals, uh, and that got rather annoying. The UI uh, for the menu also seemed like a step back from Aria. I really didn't like how cluttered it felt uh, when I was trying to choose my souls overall they were just nitpicky things i had but i wanted to hear your opinions regarding dawn of sorrows first off good job going to a game store and just finding it there yeah the the castlevanias are a little hard to find now Mm -hmm. um yeah you kind of nailed on the head my issues with dawn of sorrow the it you have to grind more to get the souls um i don't remember the ui being that bad all things considered i i remember being about the same as aria's to be honest uh, what else did you say? Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, the grind for souls. Oh God, the seals. Oh, that yeah. Is my least favorite thing of Dawn of Sorrow. I agree. You ha- they give you so little time to do it, and you need to be completely accurate. Otherwise, you need to continue the boss fight, which was super obnoxious. Yes. Um, I remember. I think I got to the halfway point, stopped for a while, came back to it later. Bizarrely enough, after after the halfway point, when I came back to it later. Remember actually enjoying it a lot and like getting through the rest of it no problem. And then like the extra modes you unlock were really fun. <clears throat> but man, they made some dumb decisions on that, which is funny that it's still the highest rated of the three Castlevanias on Metacritic mm-hmm. or the DS ones rather. Personally, I like Portrait Ruin and Order of Ecclesia better, but Donosaro is still is still good. In my opinion, it's the worst of the three DS ones, but that depends on who you talk to. Okay. All right. Christopher writes in, Hello to everyone at the Top Down Perspective. As a temporary send-off to Sean, I'm sending an avalanche of questions your way. (laughs) And he is not lying. Thank you, guys. Yes. Uh, First question. Seen as how popular games like Life is Strange and... Seen how popular, seen as how popular games like Life is Strange and Game of Thrones are right now, it seems like adventure games are in something of a renaissance. Looking at these games and comparing them to old point-and-click adventures of old, oh, I read that wrong, 80s yeah. to roughly PlayStation era, what lessons and mistakes from the old games do you think have been learned and which ones have been ignored? There's less pixel hunting, for sure. That was a big thing. There's like adventures. none anymore now it's basically like dialogue trees of the new adventure games yes um or or some i'll even say like professor layton is like an adventure game uh because you're you're pointing clicking around and then there's just puzzles Mm -hmm. um but even like standard like your standard adventure game even less puzzles for sure like life is strange game of thrones those they don't really have puzzles game of thrones does not have puzzles 
at all? Not that I can think of, no. Okay. But most of the Telltale stuff doesn't really have puzzles anymore. And Life is Strange, like the closest thing you'll get to a puzzle is find this one dialogue option and then rewind it so you can ask this question instead. Sure. Like, I guess about it. Or maybe like uh, some of the escape stuff, like make sure you walk around in the right way or something like that. But, um, sure. So uh, it seems that, yeah, your standard is your standard point and click adventure game now is just dialogue options. But then you have like, um, uh, Broken Age, which is like an old school adventure game for sure, uh, like that, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is good as well. But I feel like there's like the Telltale style of adventure game. Is That's the, the popular one. Yeah, yeah. Which Life is Strange falls into that category. I think it's because they keep going too. Like there are points in a point and click that if you didn't find the right item to combine with the bubble gum to get the key or something. Like, you're just stuck there until you looked it up or you had a friend back in the day who could tell you, like, where to get it or something. Where now, since everything is conversation-based, there are some conversations that even if you don't choose an answer quickly enough, it will give you, like, a default one. Like, it keeps the thing going, so you just kind of power through it where you could actually be stuck at a part back in the day. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Uh, second question as a whole, do you feel like game developers are wising up to the mistakes that flash in the pan companies have made over the thir- past 30 to 40 years and are avoiding them? Or do you think that the rise in almost as instant fall curse is going to only affect a higher fraction of developers in the future? That is a heady question. <laughs> so I've like, kind of like one hit wonders kind of, Mm-hmm. I, I'd say this is going to happen a lot more often because of the, like AAA development starting to have issues now. Things are becoming too expensive to make, which is why we're seeing that resurge of indies now. Yeah, I'm, yeah, the, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of want there to be more people just making flash in the pen like games and making mistakes and stuff because it means that we're kind of growing as a medium doing that. So I kind of hope that they learn from like some of the mistakes that past companies have made, but they still try new things and don't just stick to a formula. So I yeah, can... I guess it would mean we'd get more and like more diverse and different stuff. Yeah, it'd be nice. That is a heady fucking question though. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, number three, can any of you think of any RPG or strategy games with an absolutely awful as in near rage-inducing gameplay system, but the story was so good that you kept putting up with it until the end, or vice or vice versa. Hmm. I think the key thing here is that you put up with it to actually finish it. In which case, no, I cannot. I want to say the vice versa option's probably got to be easier. A bad story, but the game's fun. I, I feel yeah. like a bad story doesn't really detriment as much as bad gameplay. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you could just ignore the story and keep playing it. I don't know. Um, I got nothing in mind. I was originally I, thinking I Hyrule strategy. Warriors, but then I was like, you know... That's I didn't... not an RPG or strategy game. Well, I, it could almost be a... <sighs> Like, I guess it's closer to a strategy game. I don't know. I don't but know if I... Then I again, would, I didn't I really not like call the gameplay, Mash and there's X not much y. of a story. I would not call Mash X or Y uh, much of a strategy. So. That's true. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right, John. It's not a very good game. 
You're right. No, I like this is not a very good strategy game. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a game that I was just like, I don't care, but I'm going to keep playing it. John, did you love the the uh, 99 Nights story? I'll be honest, I don't remember it. Okay, but you just love that gameplay. I don't mind uh, Dynasty Warrior gameplay. Okay, it's it's cathartic. I guess that's the same thing. Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Dynasty Warriors are so bad. I honestly can't think of any RPG. Well, I can think of an RPG. I, the only RPG I can think of that I hated, I stopped playing and returned to the store because it was a rental. Which one? So, uh, Aiden Chronicles: The First Mage for N64. Oh, that's the, right. The only, it's the only game I enter, ever rented and returned immediately. The original Dragon Age. Uh, I, I found the story fine. I just could not get into the gameplay, and I tried several times. So there's one RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Mass Effect. I never felt the first Mass Effect shooting was very good at all, but I really was invested in just everything else. Oh, I'll agree with that one too. And I had to go back to Mass Effect One after playing through Mass Effect Two. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm just trying to see what question we're on for. Paul. Yeah, that's me. With all the mobas you played, what pieces of various ones would you make to Frankenstein together the perfect game? <sighs> Good lord. The problem. The, inherently, the problem with this question is that most MOBAs are all very, very similar because it is just solid core gameplay Like throughout all of them is the same, and then they add little things here or there. I really, really like what Heroes of the Storm has done by taking away the shop and having to worry about buying stuff and just focusing on what you do as a player. So I would say... Is there anything you miss from a different game that you wish would be... In Heroes? Honestly, no. There isn't. No? No. Heroes is perfect? Like, maybe the pricing structure from other games, because I fucking hate how much Heroes cost in Heroes of the Storm. Okay. Well, there's part of it, then. So, like, yeah, I would basically have the Dota 2 model of all the characters are free, and you could just buy aesthetics with the Heroes of the Storm gameplay, probably. So, it's basically already been made. All my work's been done. Thanks, Blizzard. There you go. You can sleep well tonight. I sleep well every night, John, on my piles my, of money. My bad. <laughs> with, many, with many beautiful women. No, no. <laughs> Not many. Uh, number One f- beautiful women. F- number five. How <laughs> <laughs> it took you a second. I was a little worried on that. Yes. Uh, why hasn't John talked about the original Yoshi's Island on games he's played? Is it because you're waiting for you to fin- you're waiting for you to finish the game and give uh, more complete final thoughts, or do you feel like you're talking about it enough as is? I feel like I'm talking about enough as is. I'm putting up a half hour video every week about it. Yeah, you don't you don't really bring up any of the games you stream here, just in general. Yeah, because so. I mean, most of those games like. I don't choose to play, if that makes sense. Like, with LPing, obviously I do. But with streaming, I really only get to choose the first game, and then it's out of my hands for the rest. You've technically sure. played them, though. No, <laughs> that is true. For a half hour. Yeah. But That's, yeah. I will have you know, sir, I have had people ask me if you were going to talk about a game you stream because they want some weird thoughts about some of the games you've played. <laughs> so... 
Well, such as? I don't, well, I mean. Well, then I guess they got to write in. The one, yeah, they have to write in, obviously, because, I mean, John doesn't listen to me. He will listen to you. But <laughs> but the example I'm referring to is when you started talking about Cliffhanger, when we kind of push you to. Mm. That was great. That was a great time. <laughs> that fucking game. That fucking game, exactly. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, I mean, half an hour video of every week of you talking about the game, that's more than this podcast <laughs> worth of yeah. talking about it, so, yeah. And the final question he writes in with, I've been trying over the fa uh, past few months to get myself to exercise more to help lose weight. Sean, as a man who specializes in being handsome as fuck, TM, what advice would you... <laughs> What advice would you give to help alleviate the pain and keep my mind focused on consistently exercising or dealing with the boredom while doing so? Um, first off, thank you for the compliment. Um, you got to find something you're, that you enjoy uh, doing each time. You, if you're just counting uh, down you know, the, the minutes until it's over, watching the clock the whole time, you're obviously going to hate it. Mm -hmm. So... You know, exercising can be in tons of different ways. Find a sport you enjoy, you know, uh, work out uh, with a friend. You know, competition is always fun if you have, like, a buddy to go to the gym with or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, but, you know, a lot of losing weight is also eating habits. So maybe look at what you're eating and try and clean that up. Uh, Coming from the guy who eats a full pizza, you cannot let a pizza sit there. <laughs> But to be fair, like I hit the gym like every day, so like my metabolism can easily destroy Ooh. a full. <laughs> right, right. No, so, um, and if you do work out often, you can you, you can, can eat a full pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, for every pizza I'm eating, I'm not like eating McDonald's. Sure, I barely eat any fast food as it is. So sure. Um, but yeah, the main thing is you got to find. Um, you got to find something that you enjoy doing. I enjoy lifting weights at the gym, so it's easy for me to keep going back to, to it. You might not be into that. Maybe you're into running. Maybe you're into soccer. Um, but uh, either way, like a little bit of something is going to be more beneficial than nothing at all. So maybe even just go for walks or something. I don't know. Just figure out something you enjoy doing and then do that. That's, that's what I would recommend. He ends with, thanks for reading my questions. Best wishes to Sean. Yeah, I'm excited for the trip. Yeah. Um, who, is it John? You got the next one? Is it me? I can't remember. Uh, should be me. Okay. Uh, this one comes to us from uh, Nomi. It says, with Windows 10 being offered as a free upgrade for Windows 7, 8, and 8.1 for the next year at least, how do you guys think it will affect us as gamers, and do you think it would be worth it to upgrade? I know this is not entirely a gaming question, but I have done some research and, still on the, and I'm still on the fence for it. I do like my Windows 7 setup, but a free upgrade might be nice. I'm going to tell you right now, as a gamer, probably don't jump on that immediately. Agreed. Pro yeah, because uh, so much like problems with uh, compatibility, with drivers, even though like compatibility mode is built into Windows at this point, you'll still have some issues. So at least wait a little bit. Don't be the guinea pig, which is what this is. This is Microsoft asking for free beta testing for Windows 10, essentially. Unless totally you have agree. a laptop and you don't care about gaming on it, then, like, try out the new features. I totally agree with you guys. I love updating my stuff. I'm going to do it, like, day one. You're going to oh, go man. for it? Okay. I mean, like, I, I, 
Dude, can Every, I can I talk about or, yeah, go everything for it. is saying don't do it, and I totally agree with you because I've even upgraded from when I went seven to eight, and it like messed up my machine, which was annoying. But uh, I I'm just a sucker for like upgrading stuff and updating things, and I I like new just seeing new features and whatnot. So I'll probably just be done do it anyway. Can, can I talk about how the the little thing they added to the uh, the menu bar the for upgrade Windows 10. Yeah. Yeah. The looks like a spyware thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's the, what do you mean? It's, it's the windows icon. Yeah. But like, it's more like you upgrade to windows 10 right now. Just click on this and get your free upgrade. It's just like that's <laughs> spyware to like the nth degree. Well, I, I mean, it's the same as like when my phone tells me, Hey, you have an update for like the operating system. But, um, Yeah. I, w- I was kind of like, what was that? And then I was like, oh, this is the update thing. And so that was kind of weird just seeing it pop up there randomly. It's still there. It hasn't gone away for me. Have you typed? Did you type in your email and go through it? No. Okay, I did, and it's still there. <laughs> so it'll, I guess it'll just be there. Uh, July 29th, that's when it comes out. Yep. Uh, Silver Knight. Hey, guys. Uh, first of all, I just caught up with the podcast, and I heard that Sean hasn't played Ace Attorney Investigation. Sorry, hasn't played the Ace Attorney Investigation games. If you like Ace Attorney, I really suggest you play the games you are missing in the future. Uh, if you do, there's a chance you might not like the start of the game as it is quite slow, but I strongly suggest you finish it once you start because it will be quite worth it at the end. After the second game in the series, which was translated by fans some time ago, it is way better than the first. That's my two cents on that. Uh, <clears throat> okay, this has a question, but I have a quick thing I want to add. Is Ace Attorney Investigations different than Ace Attorney? Yeah, you play as Edgeworth and Gumshoe, and you like go around getting oh. evidence for prosecution. But these are the D- these are the DS games, right? Like this is like the yes, fourth this, one or whatever. This is, this is a spinoff game, basically. Okay, okay. Yeah, so like the fourth game is Apollo Justice. But but then like, which one is like... he talking about? Fan translations? Like, is there oh, a that's, not a that's North Ace American Attorney one? Investigations Two? It's one we didn't get over here. It's like okay. the only Phoenix Wright game I think we didn't get. Okay. I totally plan to play through like all the Ace Attorney games at some point in the future. But yes, thank you for the uh, recommendation. Anyway, anyway, now first question. Uh, he's been enjoying John's Castlevania Let's Play, and so he decided to pick up a copy of Castlevania: Dawn of Sorrow as someone. Where are people played... finding these copies of Dawn of Sorrow so easily? Um, as someone who really dismissed the Metroidvania games after hearing the the explanation in the video and seeing how it plays, I've really been enjoying it. Sean and Paul, what are your favorite Castlevania games, if any? Go ahead, Sean. Probably <clears throat> Shadow Complex and Dust Legion <laughs> Tale. Good, good. I mean, those are good answers. They're really good. Um. Oh, oh. sorry, Castlevania. I just read Metroidvania again. <laughs> uh, then my default. Oh, I thought book. you were just being a dick. Yeah, I no. thought so too. Honestly, because he used Metroidvania in the sentence <laughs> just before it, so I, it, I just kind of skimmed over it. And I thought he was going with Metroidvania. Castlevania, like, it's it's default. It's Don, um, not Don of Sorrow. Um, Symphony of the Night. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. What was the remake of the first Castlevania on the PlayStation? Chronicles. Yep, that one. Uh, Dracula X is great. I really liked things 3 did. I really liked some things 2 tried to do. Uh, I kind of like the first Lords of Shadow game, if we're going to count that. That was okay. Shadow 1 was fun once you got past the start. The start's really shitty. 
But after that, it is Shadow of the Colossus mixed with a hack and slash, <laughs> basically. It was great. There's some good boss fights in it. Um, If I had to pick one of the like newer version, probably Dawn of Sorrow. I do like it, except for the seals was infuriating. <laughs> mm. I haven't played the DS games. I wish I had. I heard good things. They're, they're really and I keep good. with you guys, obviously. Just go to a GameStop. Apparently, they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Like looking on eBay, they're all going around for like close to retail price. They're like I'm seeing like thirty bucks US. Pretty for cool. A complete copy, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, he says thanks and all hail we mini. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all hail we. Oh, he actually did the dongers. Yes, yeah, he did dongers as well. Yes, he what did. What is that? You'll see as soon as I type it in the chat. No, no, no. I, I, what is it? <laughs> Razor dongers. Razor dongers. Razor dongers. I don't know what this is. What don't is worry. It, Dank it, memes. Meme. Yeah. Okay. All right, I guess this is me. All right, uh, Latios says, what's your favorite villainous speech in any game? Final Fantasy XII has some great ones from several characters. I mean, ironically, Dracula from Symphony of the Night. I was going to say, what is a man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad that Bloodstain actually has you throwing wine glasses as like an attack. That's pretty good. Yeah. Is that, I forget if it's an attack or if like, it's an attack boost. I think it might, might be an attack boost. I was going to say um, that guy from Metal Gear Rising, uh, the, like, I think it's the final boss. Senator Armstrong? Yeah, he was, he was really good. Apparently, like, I, everyone tells me I need to play the game just to get Senator Armstrong. Apparently well, it's like the end of the game. I think he, my favorite part of that game is like the second or third level when you're fighting like the octopus lady. That's my favorite fight. Like That thing is bananas. That's a weird. That's a that's a weird game. On that same train, Solidus at the end of two, just like exposing all this weird shit going on in the politics, basically, yeah. just attempting to explain the plot of the game. It's so time. good. Yeah, the info dump at the end, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say Andrew Ryan's speech in Bioshock One is my it's favorite. It's really Bioshock fucking speech. good. It's it's really good. Yeah. Hmm. There's so Nicole, many. You got the next big one. Uh, I holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Daniel writes in. Last week, Sean was asking where the phrase "Nintendo holding the fun hostage" came from. It was from E3 2014, where it was announced that Smash Brothers Wii U slash 3DS was getting DLC as well as the general announcement of Amiibos, and it was speculated that Amiibos were going to be a form of exclusive DLC content slash con or character slash content, hence Sean being unnecessarily pissed at this and coming up with the phrase holding the fun hostage. You're right, because what they did with Amiibos was so much better. <laughs> to John. <laughs> it, it, like they're, Amiibos are physical DLC is what they are. No, Amigos are physical. And then they give you bullshit in the game. It's still DLC, technically. I guess technically it is still DLC, but you get like a sword or in a time trials in Splatoon or whatever it was. And gear, yeah. Like at least when I thought they were going to be giving you DLC that you had to buy this figure for, I was thinking it would be worthwhile DLC that would make you want to get the figure. Um, 
But no, I think Amiibos are just for collecting the figures and too bad they don't do something cool in the game. Have either of you guys tried out the Nintendo Bits thing? Where you, no. No, like no. It's, it downloaded itself I, I on my I system. I think I actually own all those games legit, so it's like pointless. I'm, cur- I, I'm curious what, because it was like, it was actually character specific, right? Like figure specific? No, no, not at all. You could put down Rosalina and get like Kirby Superstar. No, no, I, I know. That's what I mean. But like you would only from that point get Kirby oh, Superstar yeah. that, for that specific that figure. That specific Rosalina would only give you Kirby Superstar, yeah. I'm kind of curious what my Kirby is would get me. Sure. So I, I, but I need to try that out. I was just curious if you guys <clears throat> looked into it. Anyway, continue. To John. I'm watching your Let's Play of Castlevania Aria of So... Ah, I'm watching let your guess, Let's... Let me guess, he bought a copy of Dawn of <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll keep reading, we'll find out. I'm watching your Let's Play of Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, and I want to address something you brought up in the first episode. The reason why Soma has a knife in his possession at the start of the game relates to the fact that firearm possession in Japan is extremely regulated, even more so than the United States and Canada. It is more accessible and technically legal to carry a knife for self-defense as a result... On the flip side, this is also the reason why knife attack crimes are so common. Oh, there you go. I mean, that still defeats the point of, like, they were just walking up to a hill to watch a solar eclipse. I mean, I guess if you're just carrying it on you at all times, it makes sense, but... Maybe it's like our pepper spray. It's just, it's just funny that, like... Or it's you on your keychain. You, like, he wakes up from being knocked unconscious, and then the first thing he ends up doing is stabbing a skeleton in the chest, so... With, well, with I, mean, it, I mean, it it is an eclipse. Like weird things happen. I guess moon power. Sa- Sailor Moon shows up. Yeah, fight crime. They go. Yep. For everyone, there was a specific game slash game series, or was there a specific game slash game series that you looked forward to playing, but due to an extreme controversy connected to the game slash game series, extinguished any desire to play it slash them. The example for me is Mass Effect. I was curious about the series due, due to it being, to my understanding, a modern rendition of a choose-your-own-adventure novel, but due to the noise the ending of Mass Effect 3 oh, caused, I've absolved myself never to play the Mass Effect series. Silent Hills because it doesn't exist anymore. Don't do that. Mass Effect is so good. The ending isn't then again, bad. I, then again, I'm fine with the ending, but like Mass Effect 2, like if, if anything, like punish Mass Effect 3. Okay. Um, I don't think yeah. there has. In fact, that would probably make me more curious about a game. Silent Hills because it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yep. Yeah. Have you been hearing about the rumor of like Microsoft trying to buy it so like it can still yes. be made? Yes. I have. Yeah. How much bullshit do you think that is? Because that's a lot of bullshit. Yeah, I, I can't see it. But hey, if Microsoft E3 conference brings out Kojima, like we picked him up, that'd be crazy. That would, that be, would be crazy. Great. That'd be such a get. Microsoft has enough money that if they wanted to do that, they they would have just announced that they're doing it. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it is so close to or, E3. Or so. maybe that's why PT can't be on PS4 anymore. Maybe it's coming to Xbox One. No. Fall the money. Hmm. Konami still owns a license, so it would never happen. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just being silly. And also to everyone again... A non-gaming related question, have you been following the controversy regarding SoundCloud? What are your thoughts on it and thoughts on the most likely inevitability of SoundCloud dissipating? I point this question in particular to John and request that he ask his friends and followers because I believe his friends and followers make use of SoundCloud. 
Do you guys know what's happening with SoundCloud? I, I went to his link and read up on it. Yeah, so basically the thing that got SoundCloud pretty big is that people used it as an indie way, kind of like MySpace back in the day for music, of putting up like remixes of stuff they were doing yeah. or like their own indie stuff or whatever. SoundCloud has been getting pressure from Sony to make more money, so they have been getting rid of... Like they've been using the YouTube thing of basically copyright protection or whatnot. Right, so a lot of the, that was the first part, yeah. So they have to they have to take down a lot of the tracks that are using other people's content. Right, exactly. But then at the same time, they're still the Sony's still mad at them because they are not making enough money through their advertising and whatnot. So they're kind of being crushed both ways, where they're not yep. getting support from they're like big money overhead people and they're getting literally nothing now from the people that they've alienated away from their service that were people were actually listening to. So they are killing themselves off and I have no remorse for them at all. There will be another better service that they can't provide because that's how the internet works. Yeah. I'm basically same boat. Um, I barely use SoundCloud. It's just kind of if I like a song, but I want to hear a remix of it, I'll see if it's on SoundCloud. That's about it. Yep. And ever since uh, Groove Shark is gone, like I've been using SoundCloud more, and now I won't be because the stuff I had on it is no longer there, basically. Uh, Brooke writes, hey guys, quick question. With E3 on the horizon, I'm curious, what kind of person are you when it comes to, the, to games being being announced do you have one or two games that you get really excited for get excited about everything are cautiously optimistic etc i'd say i'm pretty i'm usually pretty cautiously optimistic um however there usually is one or two games or maybe a, a few games that i do get excited for for sure but definitely not everything i tend to ignore a lot of the announcements and have that moment of discovery when I see that's available to try myself. I'm usually indifferent to the announcements and like trailers and that, but like every now and then there'll be one or two games. that's just like, Oh man, that sounds cool. Or like, Oh yep. man, that looks great. Yeah. I'm with you. But that's mostly out of like people whose opinions I respect in or hold in a high regard saying stuff about it and not necessarily from like the PR spin or video that they show. Yeah. All right, Twitter questions. All right. Uh, Mikhail for the win says, so someone finally beat Mario Wings to the Sky, that's the third star in Super Mario 64 Babam Battlefield, without pressing the jump button once ever. Um, if you don't know Mario 64, or if you like don't remember it well, it's the one where you had to fly through the sky and fly through five rings and pick up the coins in the middle. And once you picked up all five, a star would appear on the ground. Oh, wow. So someone... So someone figured out how to get that without ever jumping. I uh, I watched the video earlier today. He's been working on figuring that out for two <laughs> years. It's kind of funny to watch, but what? it's also like the amount of work that went into figuring out how to do it without jumping is both admirable and disgusting. What is like? Give us like a quick. Like, he he glitches pitch. the game to do it. Basically, uh, okay. what he does is he has a glitch where he can place an enemy or any item in the game wherever he wants. So he builds a bridge to the sky out of Goombas. 
And then I basically saw a bounces, of yeah, this. bounces off the Goombas all the way up to the last two rings, and then they auto direct him towards the star. Amazing! Towards, like, it's it's ridiculous. Cool. Like so much work went into doing it. I think they're like he shows like calculations and everything. There's like two years of work to just figure out how to do this without jumping, because otherwise he said this was the only star in the game he couldn't get without jumping. I think. Okay. Or it might have been the only one in Babon Battlefield. I don't know. It's cool, but I mean, only a couple of people are going to find it cool, basically. I think other it's people cool. are going to be like, yeah, other people are going to be like, you know, you can, you can just jump. Because <laughs> the internet, save, save, it's save, always... Save yourself two years of work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is it me or Paul? I think it's Paul. After reading that block of text... All right then. Yeah, yeah. No, you, I just did this you one. You motherfucker. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I can... Go no, 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 no. Konagami writes in: the credit screen for Splatoon was very colorful and creative. Most interesting credit sequence you've seen? Question mark. Hmm. I, I like the like ones where they hide a little game in there, like uh, Punch Out or Smash Bros. Mm -hmm. Or the new Super Mario Brothers or Smash Bros. Yeah. That's the one that came to my mind was the Smash Bros. one. Um, I can't think of any other game ones because I, I I remember Melee's and and uh, Smash Fours. Uh, yeah, Splatoon's is just um, you just can shoot paint at it basically, at the at the wall. Makes sense. Metal Gear Solid Fours. It's like credits and then like another half hour video. <laughs> oh god, that you can't skip. <laughs> yep. Why would you want to? It's Metal Gear Solid. Honestly, it's like the only cutscene in the game you can't skip, which if you're replaying the game really sucks. Yeah, but it's the end of the game, so go make yourself a sandwich. Yeah. I you could go fucking like make 30 sandwiches in that time frame. That's, you could that's feed crazy. an army. Exactly. That's, that's like Ubisoft credits where they like my con their controller goes to sleep. They're so long. Well, the actual game's credits aren't that long, especially nowhere near a Ubisoft credits, but, like, all the extra cutscenes that are after the credits right. or sandwiched between the credits, technically, because there's two credits in that game. Pretty long. All right, David writes, do you think Splatoon's four-hour map rotation is actually develop the developer's way of discouraging long multiplayer binge sessions? No, it's their way of hiding that there's only, like, five maps. <laughs> yes, in the game. that's exactly yep, that's, what it I is. I going to say that exact thing. Yep. Did you try rank mode at all? No, it was, probably wasn't even available when you did it. It was. I didn't get to it. Okay, and so then, you know you know what it is, right? There, I know there's more and stuff, yeah. No, you know that it's just basically King of the Hill. Like, you have to like paint these two sections and build count down a timer. Yeah, sorry. Like What I meant is like it's diff it, there's more than just in the player matches. You, yeah. There's a difference, yeah. Oh, dude, for ending sequences, Shadow of the Colossus. I don't so, remember Shadow of the Colossus. It's God the, Hands was pretty good. I it's just basically the video of uh, Eco being bored, basically. Because after all the stuff well, happens, it's so good. So good. I don't even remember that, but I'll take your word for it. No, I, I do remember that. But I, I don't think, it, was that actually supposed to be him? Or I thought it was just a nod, like, that's how, like, that species of person it's Yeah, made. yeah, like, it's, it's ambiguous. probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, Portal. Portal and themes, Jonathan Colton. Oh, yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to read this last one. Okay. Um, from Vileen. Villain. Villain. 
Uh, do you guys ever plan a game together? No. No. I mean, yeah, I don't even live there. But like, <laughs> but, like, when I'm home on Christmas, we get together sometimes. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's usually for card games and board games, though. That's true, but I thought. Oh, I played some. Um, last Mordor time you were place. last time you were over, you played Shadows of Mordor. That game was great, and that's what I was <laughs> playing over the But it's single player. You were just showing me the game. I was showing you how and, cool it was. And the time before that, you wanted me to play through The Last of Us so you could watch me play it. Nice. You were playing it because I wanted you to play it, and I was playing Attack of the Friday Monsters beside you, which is a total <laughs> thing to do. You can do that. That's awesome. I had fun. And that game's great. I wanted you to see the opening at least. Um, all right, that's we're finally at the end of this meaty podcast. So um, meaty. If people want to send in questions for next week, I'm not going to read them. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, but you can at uh, topdownperspective at gmail.com, at TDP podcast, or the Facebook group. Just search Top Down Perspective. What's your guys' games of the week? Blade and Soul. <laughs> I'm probably going to say Stretchmo. And uh, mine would be Axiom Verge. Nice. Um, nice. So those two guys, hopefully we'll be here next week. <laughs> hopefully. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely here next week. So John and I are really bad about times, though. Like, <laughs> so There'll be an episode of sometime next th- week. There will be. I'll there be back be- in a few weeks. I'm gone for at least two so we'll see how this situation goes. Everyone is paying respects to my PS3 yet again in the chat. Fantastic. Thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think it'd go this long. Uh, but anyways, thanks for watching, guys. Very well. we'll see you around. Bye. Thanks.